T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Our pitch to free agents is, you know, this is a new program and we're, we're heading in the right direction. It's a new era. We have leadership with Gerard Mayo that is going to be tremendous. Like, he's, he's just an unbelievable leader and developer of people. And I think that, you know, as we move forward with the new offense and defense, like, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty special and exciting here. Well, there was your free agency sales pitch yesterday by Elliot Wolf. And let me tell you, the Patriots are going to need a damn good sales pitch after they got raked over the coals for the second year in a row, Mego, by the NFLPA team report card. The second annual one came out earlier today, and the Patriots are now 0 for 2 on these things. They are getting absolutely crushed on the eve of free agency starting, which I think is relevant, important, and pretty scary if you're a Patriots fan. Jones, did you grow up in the kind of house where bringing home your report card after school was a big deal? Uh, yeah, sure. I, the report cards were important. I usually did pretty well, but report cards were important. Yeah. If I brought home this report card, the <laughs> Ottolini oh, house would be ripped apart. And I, ha- I did. Let me say it this way. I did bring home this report card on occasion <laughs> when I was much younger, maybe in this period of time of seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth grade before I got on my Adderall. <laughs> there were some tumultuous bringing home the report cards. I don't know how else to say this other than perhaps the Patriots need to go get evaluated by a professional. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, this probably says more about schooling in northern Vermont than it does about my intellect. But ne- never they brought- just sent you home with like a smiley yes. face and a unicorn. Crocodile and spelling. Yes, is what I got. So I uh, no, I never had a report card like this. I can tell you. Uh, but, you know, I didn't exactly go to the most rigorous school system in the country. Uh, it's Jones and Mego. No Arcand yet again here on WEEI. Uh, we do have our big question of the day up now at Jones and Mego. And just know, I'm sure you've been listening to Gresham Fourier. They covered this earlier today. The Patriots did abysmal 
in the NFLPA team report card. It's a player survey, okay? And it involves, uh, let's see, over 1,700 players. Uh, the report card, or the survey rather, took place from August 26th to November 16th of 2023. So it's evaluating last season. That's important. When we look at especially the head coach grade, just remember this is from last season yeah. leading up until November. Correct. They're not grading Mayo. They're grading Bill. And they're grading what was in place last year. So it's possible that upgrades are on the way. Though we said this last year during the first team report card. Oh, well, they're going to upgrade the locker room, right? I mean, they built a giant lighthouse and they, they built a giant scoreboard. They're going to fix up the locker room, right? <clears throat> At least not yet. Uh, we, we have two report cards. They've not done it yet. Answers were anonymous and the players were evaluated again in their current workplace. So they weren't being asked about previous work stops, although that probably factored in to their grading. So the question now, and we want you to vote, at Jones and Mego, you can also dial us up, 617-779-7937. The Patriots finished 29th out of 32 in the second annual NFLPA team report card. What's your takeaway? And we're going to ask you, uh, well, we're going to tell you some of the specifics in this report card. Uh, so you can hear that. If you've already heard some of it, feel free to vote now. Uh, does it tell you that ownership is te- uh, cheap, or does it tell you that the players are babies? And we can get into that again at 617-779-7937. All I'll say about this, and that's just an overall singular score that you can boil it down to, and some of the other teams they're up there with are very, very unflattering. The Commanders, uh, I feel like I said this the other week, you know, the the, the Pittsburgh Steelers were on there, the Chiefs were on there. And so, you know, just because you... You win a bunch does not mean that your ownership group is great. But the bottom five were Steelers, Patriots, Chargers, Chiefs, Commanders. Uh, I would vote, Mego, that it speaks volumes about ownership. And I think it's very relevant with free agency right around the corner. How'd you vote? I voted against ownership as well. Look, like, does it indicate that your players are babies? I don't know. Maybe you think that a lot of these NFL players are spoiled to this point, that they came out of these big programs like Alabama, Michigan, Texas, you know, these places that have these incredibly luxurious facilities. Well, whatever. (laughs) That's where most of your talent is coming from, or that's at least the sentiment that permeates through the locker room. What it also tells me is you're not taking care of those babies' babies, because without getting into the specifics, the treatment of families grade is awful. Oh, it's abysmal. It is so embarrassing. We'll get to it. But overall, I think that where they scored the lowest, and again, we'll get into the specifics, indicates that the players that have been here for the second year in a row do not feel like ownership is investing in the facilities that matter to them yeah. and the places that they're in day in and day out. And meanwhile, they're looking over at like the world's largest video screen and the lighthouse that's 30 miles inland. And I know people want to pretend like those come from two different pots in terms of where the money's coming from, but the money's all coming from ownership. Oh, and it's a, the most blatant example of deciding to spend on these f- parts of the stadium where you're going to entertain uh, private events right behind that. They put up that whole new corridor area that you can rent out for private events. You can rent the lighthouse for private events. But meanwhile, the areas where your team is every freaking day and the way that they travel and their travel schedule and all these things... They feel like you're lacking. Yeah. That points to ownership for me. Uh, absolutely. The players might be babies, but do you think the Patriots employ bigger babies than the other teams around no. the league? Like the Alabama thing. I keep hearing this. Like, oh, well, uh, these players come from Alabama now, and they come from the University of Georgia and Texas and all the uh, USC. 
They come from these giant institutions with great facilities, and it's part of the arms race in college football. Should players from college football be leaving college and going to worse facilities in the NFL? Like, that shouldn't be happening. So, number one, that would be a reflection on cheap-ass owners in the NFL compared to boosters in college sports. Number one, that would be a poor reflection. And I don't think that's the takeaway league-wide. Do you think you're the only team drafting players from Alabama or Texas? You'd be a lot better. Or Ohio State or whatever? Are you the only team that does that? They might be better, although they've drafted plenty from Alabama. <laughs> I'm saying they would be a lot better if that's all they drafted from. Oh, this that, is so much nicer than Lenore Ryan. You know, that would... Uh, <laughs> right. Incredible. Right. And so, you know, I, if, even if these are players coming to the NFL and the facilities are worse than college, number one, that's embarrassing. And number two, you're not the only one bringing in players from these institutions. And it's graded league-wide. This is how you compare to the other organizations. You're down with the Washington Commanders. No offense, Mego. Oh, it's, it's so offensive. Are you kidding? No, it's offensive that you're there with them. That is the team that makes headlines because pieces of their stadium fall on the fans during the games and after the games. They don't have hot water or running water for the teams in the showers. Okay, so offense. That, that's, that's the company that you keep in this survey. Offense, then. I, I, yeah, I take, take it back. I give all offense. I strike seriously. it from the record. I take it back. You ready for the full report card? Here you go. The Patriots rank 29th in team surveys, and the results point to club management that has not been keeping up with changing times. As in most categories, the player responses highlighted outdated facilities and stale services. The number one issue for players is the weight room. And I hear, oh, what do you need? Oh, these guys are babies. What do you need in your weight room? I don't know. They, they did horribly compared to the other teams in the NFL. So these professionals look at, like, I can tell you a radio studio. If I walk into a radio studio and I go, this one sucks. Like, I can do that. I'm sure, Ryan, you could do that. Yeah, I'm looking at one. <laughs> okay. So what are like, you talking I can, about? I can walk in and be like, uh, this radio studio, you know, I could use my headphone jack. How are your headphones doing today? Okay. So, like, you know, I, I understand. And these players know. So, like, you might not understand. You might not get it. They get it. They're telling you it sucks. It blows. How do you feel the tough team without having a tough weight room? Okay. It just seems silly. It ranks last. That's a great point about Mayo and Alex Van Pelt and Elliot Wolf. It ranks last in both quality of equipment as well as size. Been there. The <laughs> Patriots are the only team in the NFL with a majority of players. The only team with a majority of players feeling that their team's facility is worse than places they could train off-site. So did you hear that? Oh, yeah. They, they want to go to the Equinox instead. Forget the Equinox. They Lifetime can, they, fitness? They could show up to your gym in Southie. You know, they could show up to the Y and I, they could do better know. than this. I don't know if it's that bad. Better than they could train off-site. The only team in the league. In the training room, respondents feel that treatment options are not cutting edge. They lack both equipment and staffing that are offered elsewhere as standard. The players feel the facility has needed significant renovations for a while now, which explains the low grade for club owner Robert Kraft. And what is that grade? Uh, his grade is a D plus. That is not a grade that flies in the Ottolini household. A low I'll grade. No, not the Jones household either. <laughs> a low grade for club owner Robert Kraft. It's a D plus on the question about players having confidence he will invest in their facilities. So this is where it's relevant. Free agency is around the corner. We already know the Patriots need to overspend because no one wants to play here because they don't think they can win here. Now, the takeaway around the league is that facilities suck and the owner is disinterested. And it really is a larger takeaway about ownership in this city, and I've done this before. Imagine if the Red Sox got grades like this. Imagine if John Henry got grades like this. The field day we'd have. People give Robert Kraft a free pass on this. He gets an absolute free pass. Not from the players, apparently, anonymously, but he gets a free pass. Imagine, just imagine, if John Henry did this poorly 
And he would never. I blame Red Sox ownership for tons. They deserve every ounce of blame they get. They would never do this poorly. Never. On facilities. Never. And so I wonder, Mego, like, I haven't gotten yet to episodes five and six. You've watched The Head in the Dynasty. Do they cover this? No, do, do they, they cover do the they locker cover rooms? their dilapidated facilities and their cheap ass ownership? Do they cover that in the dynasty? Uh, I haven't seen it. I'm not in episodes five and six that I've seen. But I do want to since you brought up the Red Sox, mm-hmm. it was less than a year ago that the Red Sox upgraded their clubhouse for the players. And if you remember Rafael Devers walking oh, yeah. in, his reaction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Now, that's a happy guy right there. Maybe he's not happy with where else they're spending, but it does make a difference when your star walks in and he has that reaction. Okay. So you tell me. 617-779-7937. You can vote at Jones and Mego. We'll give you more. (laughs) You really like that clubhouse, guys. (laughs) We'll give you more details. I'm just telling you, the Red Sox would never do this bad in this. And their Red Sox, their ownership deserves tons of blame. I give them (laughs) tons of blame. You know, it's been an ownership group that doesn't care. But they get a lot of blame and they get a lot of criticism. Kraft really hasn't, and he deserves it, as we've been trying to tell you. You know, never mind the other ownership groups in this city. The Celtics are about the only one investing in their team right now. Jeremy Jacobs is jacking up season ticket prices while, you know, not quite investing uh, in the same ways that he has in the past. They've spent to the cap, but they're screwing you over with your bags and they're raising season ticket prices on you. Like, ownership in this city is a real problem right now, and it – coordinates and aligns with why the teams aren't doing well. They finished 29th out of 32, and they finished dead last in at least one category. Never mind Robert Kraft getting a D-plus by his own players. What's your biggest takeaway? And how much does it matter? How much do you think it impacts the Patriots in free agency? You can jump in. 617-779-7937. We have Brian Scalabrini joining us today at 4 o'clock. We'll talk Celtics with him. We have Triple Play at 445. Meg Splaining at 530. And Bet Roulette. Some picks for tonight at 545. Plus, we'll give you the ugly, gory details from the NFLPA's report card right after trending with Ryan Garvin. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We are back to Jones and Mego on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. Gerard, is there any benefit to making it clear that you guys are going to do things a little bit different way than Bill did them? You know, last few times we talked to you or Elliot, there's been a clear sort of 
um, delineation there. Is that yeah. important for you guys or to send a message maybe to even players that might play for you? You know, you know once, look, it's going to be different, but at the same time, I would say, Look, Bill did a great job for a long period of time. I don't want you guys to take this as uh, because we're changing as shots toward the previous uh, regime. Uh, and saying that we will do it differently and it'll feel different. But at the end of the day, we would like to replicate the success that the prior regime has had. And so uh, I learned a lot from Bill uh, and also his staff. But now we'll, we'll see what this chapter looks like in, in the franchise. Gerard Mayo earlier today at the Combine in Indianapolis. Mego told you yesterday he was going to speak. Another Mego scoop there. And uh, he spoke today. And oh, I don't want to I don't want to take shots at Bill. Bill did a really great job. But we're just going to change everything we do down here. And it applies to the NFLPA report card, second annual. And somehow the Patriots did even worse than the first year. They've been smoked both years. And I agree with the Twitch chat, uh, which you can follow. Uh, Twitch.tv slash W-E-E-I. Uh, how are they going to spin this on Bill Belichick? Like, everything they do, they're blaming Bill for right now. Whether it's the Dynasty, whether it's Robert Kraft on the dais, whether it's Gerard Mayo, or even Elliot Wolf. pretty much any time they get in front of a microphone, oh, it was Bill, oh, we're going to do this differently, we're going to do that differently. You think Bill wanted crap-ass locker rooms? Crap-ass training rooms, I should say, weight rooms? You think Bill wanted that? Or do you think that's ownership's call? And if you blame Bill, either you're ignorant, maybe willfully so, or you're just a craft suck-up. And so, to me, I just I have a real problem with how we talk about John Henry and how we talk about Robert Kraft, because they sound the same to me. If you didn't know which team we were talking about, and you were talking about the players hating on their facilities and everything else, I'm guessing most people would assume it's the Red Sox. And look, I don't think baseball does this kind of survey. If they did... No chance, no chance the Red Sox do this poorly. And so to me, Robert Kraft deserves all the criticism he's receiving. All of it. And he's getting it from his players. I don't hear enough of it from fans. And maybe with Bill gone now and Tom long gone, he'll finally start to get it. Because he deserves it. When you're investing in your lighthouse and your scoreboard and everything else, instead of your roster and your dead last in spending over the last decade, you deserve the criticism. These are the results of it. You know what this tells me? What? And this is very possibly really unfair, but it's just what I take away from what the players are voting about on here, how they're grading it, is that they're putting money towards things that contribute to their bottom line in a tangible way. So like I said, they created a new area that you can rent out on the other side of the stadium near the lighthouse, and you can light you can rent out parts of the lighthouse for private events too. Like they created an area for corporate events. That is both something that they can use themselves, but then they can also rent out for big corporations that want to come in and show off at Gillette Stadium. You excited? <laughs> the video board, now that's something that you could look at and say, well, that directly goes back to fans. Yeah, that improves the in-stadium experience. But, I mean, the highlight, I think, for the crafts this year was that getting on Good Morning America or the Today Show or whatever the program was where they could show it off. Of course. Like, I, I really do feel like if you break down this report card, first of all, I don't know how you put it on Bill when Bill got a B minus. Well, they'll, I mean, they'll figure it out. Bill's like, that's, yeah, that's basically right. like your ceramics class where it's like, okay, I guess that's one area you're doing okay in, kid. Like, the rest of this, yes, you're not electives. doing so hot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you that's put that. That's math and science going stupid. <laughs> this is coming directly, directly from the players who certainly have their complaints with Bill, but they're not giving Bill the D plus. Yeah, so just don't misconstrue this. Like, Red Sox ownership deserves crap tons of blame. 
crap tons. And they're a big problem, a huge problem, the biggest problem with the Red Sox. Save that same energy for Robert Kraft. That's all I'm telling you. I, I don't hear enough of it with Kraft. I hear tons of it with Henry. I just think Henry gets criticism. And, you know, we can debate if it's his fair share or not. I was about to say his fair share. Maybe the fans don't even go far enough with that because he deserves a lot of criticism. But don't sleep on Robert Kraft. They have not spent for a decade. And their players are pissed about it. And this is a great point. I, I'm embarrassed I didn't think about this before. But the text line points out, remember when the Patriots had the joint practices with Vegas two summers ago? Yep. And Bill was calling it the Taj Mahal yep. of facilities? Yeah. Like, you think that Bill didn't want better facilities? You think that that wasn't a shot at Kraft when he was out there going, calling it the Taj Mahal, like drooling over the facilities out there? The facilities now- here are incredible. Um, this is a, the Taj Mahal of a football um, facility. You have to pull teeth together and say Tom Brady's one of the greatest football players ever. And he's just out there in the summer being like, I can't believe like, how this freaking is the nice LT this place is. Of facilities. Well, you know what? At least the Patriots have the nice location and the convenient to get to stadium and the taxes around here are super easy and the yeah. weather's really nice. So they have all those things to sell free. What are you shaking your head for? Oh, yeah, that's right. They have none of those things. The taxes are ridiculous. It's cold all year round. You can't get to the stadium. So the least you could do is not give us bologna sandwiches at lunchtime when I get hungry. Okay. Well, since, they did okay on dining. Hang on, they oh, did. did but, they? but since you said it, this was Pete Carroll took a giant shot at the crafts. You just mentioned it. Uh, but let's hear This is Pete Carroll earlier this year, late last year, whenever it was, the last like calendar last year. Last summer. Last summer? Thank you, Ryan. Uh, Pete Carroll talking about his experience in New England. That situation from the start was a little challenging. We did everything first class in San Francisco. Right. I mean, top drawer, treated the players great. It was a clear philosophy that I, I was bringing. I was excited to unveil. The first thing we get to, we're having a, a mini camp. <laughs> and so I'm just checking out, you know, how the setup of it, how it's organized. I'm figuring into the, the menu for the players on that weekend, yep. you know. And Kraft comes to me and says, well, you know, we're not going to feed them like that. You know, we give them bologna sandwiches and <laughs> chips and stuff like that. It hit me just as clear as a bell that I'm in deep trouble. <laughs> I mean, if I can't even feed them the way I want to feed them, oh what's going to come? I mean, he didn't know what he was asking for, you know, at the time. Right. We, didn't, we didn't cover the bologna sandwich stuff <laughs> in the interviews. They had had really good teams before. I got hired after they lost the Super Bowl. So right. I went in there thinking I was going to kick ass on and Bill Parcells. What in the world was I thinking? He's like coach of the decade. Yeah. And here comes Pete all fired up, you know. I wasn't even surprised because of the way I could see it un- unfolding. But uh, I was pissed. Yeah, bologna sandwiches and chips. And, like, Pete's being a weasel there. He's trying to, like, you know, uh, absolve himself of any guilt. Bill Parcells did fine with it. Bill Belichick did fine with it. How come you sucked? Oh, that's right, because you're not as good of a coach as they are. And you're not as good uh, in terms of putting together a roster and things like this. Although he might be better at a roster than Bill, but whatever. You're not as good of a coach. And so it's weaselly by Pete, but bologna sandwiches and chips. So, like, I said this a couple of weeks ago. Do we think the Chiefs are – the Hunt family is, like, special ownership – this survey tells you they're not. They just happen to win because they have Patrick Mahomes. And that's all the Crafts did. I don't think the Crafts have ever been great owners. They were giving you bologna sandwiches and chips. They ran off Bill Parcells. All they did was fall ass backwards into the greatest player of all time. Well, remember in the dynasty, that's Craft Productions. They have them all up in that crappy motel during training camp. And then the they Red have Wing. Lawyer Malloy complaining no, no, no. about how he's in the tiny little room during the Super Bowl. Bingo. To the point where Bill's like, you know what? Why don't you take, take my, my room? Because I don't want to hear you bitch and moan about this the entire week leading up to the Super Bowl. You take my room. Okay. So, like, I don't think they've ever been good owners. 
they just happen to have the greatest player of all time. I don't think the Hunt family's great owners. They're 31 in this survey. They're winning Super Bowls. Does that make them great owners? No. They're probably cheap, too. They just have Patrick Mahomes. So the Patriots aren't the only organization, but just my goodness, my goodness, and the amount of people voting that the players are babies. I mean, they might be. If you want to talk about players today and kids today versus a generation ago, fine. Maybe that's how you're viewing it. 21% are saying their biggest takeaway from this survey is that the players are babies, which just means to me you're, you're soft, you're a craft bootlicker, you are, you know, willfully ignorant. Back on, in my day, we would have been grateful for baloney sandwiches. <laughs> right. Like, just 21% of you think the players are babies? They, they might used be. to feed us sandpaper to toughen us up. They might be babies, but ownership is cheap. 79% of you are right. That's where Mego and I are at. How big of a factor do you think it is on the eve of free agency? And I don't mean the literal eve. I got a text earlier that said free agency doesn't start tomorrow. No, 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 I know. But we're, we're a, a couple of weeks away from free we're agency starting. We're in the starting. advent of, three, of free you. agency. Players are starting to make, they're going to go on visits, they're going to make decisions, and this comes out. And the Patriots are getting raked over the coals. 617-779-7937. JP is in North Providence. What's up, JP? Jones, imagine the report card if they had to eat your wife's muffins. <laughs> it would toughen them up. It would that toughen doesn't them sound up. Right. I was just going to say, now, JP, just let's make sure people know what we're talking about here. That, you know, my, I know. My Actual wife, muffins. My wife Sorry. took up baking during COVID, and accidentally there was a piece of glass in there, Mego. There's a piece of glass in there that I ingested. Oh, it was accidental. Yeah, no, my wife tried to kill me off in the middle of COVID, which makes sense. Uh, but anyway, Ooh, just... The bologna <laughs> sandwiches have wheat bread, at least, maybe. I don't know. So... I think Kraft is getting pompous. He cares more about his image. The White House, he's turning it to Jerry Jones. Infrastructure for the players is secondary until Jonathan takes over and realizes it's a new generation. If they go out and make a statement now, maybe it'll help the free agents. But money helps the free agents. But they look the cheap, and he puts himself first. And it's not going to change, and no. the image is not going to change. No, and JP, look, it's fair. I don't know where did where did Jerry Jones come in in this? Pretty high. He did. Uh, they're yeah, not top five. Did. I have the top five and bottom five in front of me. I don't know where the Cowboys finished, but you know, look, Kraft uh, is closer to Dan. This is Dan Snyder getting reviewed on this, right? Yes. This, I mean, this was conducted between August and November of last year, or whatever it was. I just well, had it up in yeah, front of me. Yeah, August. So it was. It's. I would say it's probably fifty-fifty. Okay, but, but like, yeah, I wouldn't even put this on the current ownership because if they're grading the facilities and things like that, you're not going to overhaul all of that in three months. Ryan just told me Dallas was twelve, so they're middle of the pack. But you know, you're getting you're you're on the same level as Dan Snyder and his ownership group, so that's how you're getting reviewed. And I think it's a big factor. I do. And by the way, Dallas is 12, but their ownership got a B. Okay, fair. So let's get into some of the grades here. And we told you the details are ugly. It's the latest NFLPA report card, second annual, and the Patriots did horribly, 29th out of 32. Just to boil it down to one singular grade. But let's get into the specifics, shall we? Treatment of facilities. Uh, tr sorry, treatment of families, rather. F minus. That's an F U. I <laughs> it is an F U from the players. I never F minus F minus. That's not even a real grade. That never, grade only exists in the NFL PA survey. Okay, good. I they like it. They created a grade so bad that the players could hand it to the Patriots. How do the players treat their, or how do the, the Patriots treat players, families? F minus. They should just hucked a loogie on the report card and mailed it in. 30th. Okay. That means there were two teams worse than them and they were 22nd a year ago. So they got worse. Okay. Uh, food cafeteria B minus. So the players love those bologna sandwiches. I can say the food there is pretty good. 
Nutrition. Well, I don't know what the players are eating. Nutritionists. They're eating the same stuff we are. You've seen the leftovers of it when I we're down there. Those big old cookies. That's what they get. Okay, some of what they get. I don't think they feed the media full on what they're feeding the players. I would hope not. Look, that clam chowder no, is nothing not, to turn your nose up not, at. No, no, no. But that's not super healthy, is what I'm saying. I hope they're giving the players a few more healthy I used options to be than so us. So that media herd down there. Press box walking around, going, "Where's the clam chowder?" And this guy would always come out with a big pot and go, "I have the clam chowder." I, I hope they're not feeding the players like they're feeding us tubs of lard in the media. Like I hope they're not doing that. Uh, food and cafeteria B minus fifteenth. Nutritionist, dietitian, B minus twentieth. And more like a straw of lard. Locker room C minus twentieth. Training room, C, 22nd. Training staff, this is interesting because it dropped off significantly from 2023. B-25th, minus they were actually ninth and got an A in 2023, meaning the 2023 survey was actually for the year 2022, if that makes sense. Uh, their weight room, F, 32nd, worse than the league, worse than a year ago when they were 31. Strength coach, this is also interesting. They dropped here. They went from 28 to 31, B-plus to C-minus in their strength coach. And who's the new strength coach, by the way, replacing the old one? Ryan? I know. That's Gerard Mayo's brother. Okay. He's been there. Sure but now has. he's the actual coach. So let's see how that goes. Team travel, D, 24th. They actually did slightly better well, in they, this category. They didn't have the planes this year, right? Okay. this I heard, I think it was Gresham Fourier talking about this, driving in. Oh, they have their own planes, right? They were getting refurbished. They didn't use the planes last year because the players hated them so much in the NFLPA survey that they were not using their team planes. They got and by to put the way, in those little pods where you recline. By the way, when they used their team planes, the players hated them. The players didn't like them. They would have rather traveled the way they used to, chartering flights, than using Kraft Air. Okay? So, yes, they have their own planes. They sucked so badly that they refurbished them. And we'll see if they do better going forward. Okay, the head coach, B-. minus. That's Bill Belichick. That's not Gerard Mayo. B minus ownership D plus that seems very damning on the surface, but they're both 27th in the league. Bill Belichick, 27th ownership, 27th, just like cash spending. So regardless of their letter grade, they both ranked, you know, whatever bottom six, bottom five or six. That would indicate that overall teams are grading their head coaches really highly, really favorably. And ownership tough. So I just play, I pay closer attention to the rank than the letter grade on those two. They were actually graded roughly the same. 27th out of 32, Bill Belichick oh, and Robert Kraft. Both are bottom five. Is that what it is? Yeah, 27th 32, out of 32. 32, 31, 30, 29, 28, 27. Oh, bottom six? Yeah, five or six, whatever. I was trying to do the math in my head. And so I can give you more specifics, but what, what's your biggest takeaway there? Like, we, we got a text about this at 37937. Uh, why are players even asking about the training room? Weight room, absolutely. But I guarantee most players have no idea what treatments they should be getting. That's so ignorant. I agree. What you think that text? you get to the NFL? I mean, maybe if you're someone like Demario Douglas in his first year, do you think for the most part that you're an NFL player and you, you've never gotten treatment on your body before? They have no idea. They're clueless. Like, now, you go through four years of Division One sports, the amount of treatment that you've already had on a day-to-day level, both with your own facility at college... And then anywhere outside and getting your own treatment, I think you have some idea, especially if you're going from a place like Alabama's football program to the Patriots, you have some idea about like, hey, I don't think just like stim and an ice pack is going to do it for my shoulder today. No, the players don't know. Our our personal trainers in the text line, they're the ones who understand, not the, I mean, not the professional on. athletes. That's so dismissive. The Patriots staff is using like leeches. <laughs> Oh, you twisted your ankle. Let me, let me throw these bugs on you. Let's get into more details you have in a moment. The trainers come in with one of those giant plague masks on. 
Do you know what, what I'm talking about? No. You the, never the, saw those? The plague the mask? The crow mask. Yeah, that has like a big beak on it. Ravaged Europe. Yeah. You look up history for a minute. Is it like uh, when Frank goes to the orgy? Is it like That's one of those exactly masks? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Got it. I mean, I, I know based on your description. What's it, it called? A plague mask. plague mask. Plague doctor mask. Ironically, plague the food mask. at that orgy also better than what they were serving the Patriots. <laughs> that is true. Uh, let's Gotta get to more details. Lift de- my beak so I can get my nosh on. <laughs> more details in a moment. Uh, our buddy Jake is in Boston. What's up, Jake? Yeah, guys, if you think the Alabama facilities argument is one thing now, give it another two to three years because these kids are making six figures at these Power 5 schools, and we're not talking about stars. So it's not going to be a drastic upgrade both in terms of facilities and in terms of salary at the rate we're going. Jake, just real quick, I don't think that's an excuse. I just think that's garbage, and I think people are defending uh, players grading it poorly. I don't think that's a valid excuse. It's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. I'm just saying the money gets bigger and bigger and bigger with college football, so it's not as bad Jake, as it's going so to be. Jake, so for. does it in the NFL. That's why the, the cap just went up 30% over the weekend. Everybody's I'm, making money hand over fist. Guys, I'm telling you what I know from the NIL world and being in there. Now, the thing that defines this survey for me, especially on the families thing, when Taylor Swift came in here with the, treat, with the Chiefs, Robert Kraft had his people go to a local bakery in Walpole. That would be Cocoa Butter's Cookie. And then had them do customized cookies for her suite, including saying Karma is the guy on the Chiefs and football jerseys with the cat's names on them. Meanwhile, your families are, for the most part, in Section 201, which is a terrible seat in that place with no atmosphere. And then the actual players who do end up on club level and on suite level are bartering with catering for any sort of freebie that they can get. That defines so Jake, this survey. Jake, let me ha- let me streamline it. Your takeaway is that Taylor Swift gets better treatment than the players. Yeah, an opposing wife got better treatment than your own players. Okay. Well, girlfriend. Uh, Unless Jake knows something we don't. Well, Tony Romo, was a Tony Romo slip-up by Jake yeah. is what that was. And so let's get into how the families are treated. Okay, they were F-. minus. I've never, as, as, as bad as I did, I didn't really do that bad in school. But as, as dumb as I am, I never yeah. saw an F-. minus. F-. minus. Uh, they were 30th in the league. And Ryan just told me the two teams that were worse than them. I just backed away from it. Uh, the Steelers and Commanders did worse on treatment of families. They're one of 12 teams that don't provide a family room during games. One of 12. No family room. They're one of seven teams that don't provide daycare to support players' children on game day. So, like, oh, you want to bring your kids to the game? Uh, yeah, sure, chase them around. Come no. on down to Uncle Ernie's Pudding Patch. And, again, if you think that the players are soft, just know... They're one of 12 who don't have the family room. They're one of seven who don't have daycare. So this is grading them on a curve compared to other organizations in the league. 25 teams give their players daycare. You're one of seven that don't. They're one of only four that don't offer a family room or daycare. They're one of only four that don't offer either, Mego, which is just, again, abysmal. And it talks about, or speaks to, rather, cutting corners. Like, Oh, we don't spend on our players, but we do this and we do everything top notch. No, you don't. Do they have a dog wash? <laughs> I you know everybody wants that in the new condos. You I got a dog wash and you got a little dog run area. Well, I didn't get the pets uh, in this. <laughs> Only 77% of players feel like the locker room is big enough. That's 23rd in the NFL. They got a C minus again on their locker room. On their training room, a number of players report outdated treatment options and that the training room lacks equipment that players feel should be standard across the league. Leeches and plague masks. They don't even have standard equipment. Uh, The weight room was 32nd, again, dead last. That's down from 31 a year ago. Somebody else around the league must have actually woken up, paid attention to the survey, and upgraded their facilities. The players feel the quality of the weight room equipment is below average, 32nd overall. 
players feel like they don't have enough space in the weight room, 32nd overall. The Patriots are the only team, that's it, only team in the NFL with a majority of players feeling that their team's facility is, again, worse than they could train off-site. Uh, team travel, players' ratings on travel schedule, and this might be more to blame for Bill because I'm sure he made the schedule. They rated it second worst in the league. They were a D on team travel. Oh, boy. And for Bill Belichick, only 55% of players feel that former head coach Bill Belichick was efficient with their time. Ties into team travel, 31st. The players feel Bill was rarely willing to listen to their locker room, 31st overall. He got a B minus, 27th. Uh, Robert Kraft also ranked 27th. He got a D plus. Robert Kraft receives a rating of 6.9, not nice, out of 10 from Patriots <laughs> players when considering his willingness to invest in the facilities, 27th overall. So you can think the players are babies. That's fine. But I'm telling you, you're going to be signing other baby players in free agency. These are the players you want to attract. And they're not going to want to sign here unless you drastically overpay. You're in the baby business. You're in the baby business. And what about this survey tells you Kraft is ready to drastically overpay on anything? He won't pay for his locker room. He won't pay for team travel. He won't pay for a family room and daycare. You think he's going to overpay on free agents? I hope so, but I wouldn't be holding my breath. So you tell me, 617-779-7937, how concerning is this NFLPA team report card? How does it factor into free agency, and what's your biggest takeaway? You can jump in here on Jones and Mego. No Arcan today. We have Ryan Garvin with us, as we have all week. We'll check in on the Red Sox. Speaking of teams that deserve some criticism, you'll be happy to know, Mego. According to Sam Kennedy, the Red Sox aren't in the business of making money. Huh. It's like a it's like a, a public trust is what it is. They don't want to make money. Uh, that's next. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now back to Jones and Mego on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. Sam, is the philosophy not just for the Red Sox, but in Major League Baseball changing financially? Listen, the the way the, the, the industry of baseball works, we're, we're roughly a $12 billion industry. I don't have the exact numbers, but roughly 50% of the, the revenues go to player costs and, and, and the other 50% go to the expenses to cover the industry. This is a, 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 about a break-even industry, um, and that's really the focus the revenues that get generated from our loyal fans from people that watch on tv people that spend their hard-earned money at fenway park on on beer and and hot dogs and and that goes into player pay it goes two places player payroll and it goes into the renovations and preservation of fenway park around major league baseball i can't speak for the other groups uh, but teams have an obligation to invest the revenues they generate into player payroll. That's what the Red Sox do. That's been our focus. That's not going to change. Um, and, and that's really important that we honor that commitment. Unreal. That's an unreal answer from Sam Kennedy earlier today. I missed him on the Greg Hill show. Baseball is just a break even industry, which maybe I halfway understand, Mego, if he's talking about the whole league. 
you talk about the entire sport, maybe it is break even because you have teams that you know don't do as well as the Red Sox or the Dodgers or the Yankees or Mets or whatever. Or tiny markets. Right, exactly. You have the Pirates and like Royals and teams Kansas like this. City, yeah. Tampa, they're breaking even. You're telling me with a straight face, Sam Kennedy, the Red Sox break even? <laughs> Let me ask you this because I have it right in front of me. <laughs> Go ahead, Megan. There's one year I could believe this, and that's 2020. And sure. that was I, I would totally. Bet, and I, I would bet John Henry made money hand over fist in 2020. Billionaires made a killing on the stock market that year. Right. I would guarantee but he I'm made plenty of the, money. The baseball, but maybe not the Red Sox. Okay. Maybe not. So I, I understand, and they're still they're still recovering. <laughs> I get it. They've told us, you know, that it's been four years, but they're still recovering. Last year, they generated five hundred thirteen million dollars in revenue, or mm. not? I'm sorry, in 2022. I'm sure that they did more. Yeah, in and by the way, let me just tell you, that's baseball revenue. That's not, I don't think that counts Nesson. I'm not sure that counts what they own around Fenway Park. I think they are calculating that in the most bare bones way possible. It's hot dog sales, beer sales, merchandise, ticket sales. That has nothing to do with Nesson. That has nothing to do with other money they make off the baseball team. I guarantee you they made way more than the mon- the number that we know. Are I guarantee we supposed it. to believe that they spend upwards to $520 million every single year? Yes, that's what Sam Kennedy wants you to believe. Team? Yes, uh-huh. Like, yes. This is uh, uh, about a break-even Break even. If that's the case, show us the financials. You know, there... If that's the case, release the financials and Thank we'll you. sit there and we'll go, wow, what you're doing? Your ownership of this team is actually a public service. You're the BBC of baseball. Congratulations, Sean Henry, the BBC. Hmm. Uh, you don't like it, the BBC? When it come when it comes to uh this team, they're they're week to week. They're just their paycheck to paycheck. John Henry, Sam Kennedy, Tom Werner. Just paycheck to paycheck, just getting by. I've never felt closer to a billionaire than like, I do right honestly, now. Honestly, like I feel badly for them. Break even? These poor, these poor Poor, just uh, doing this out just of the kindness of their own souls. heart. I understand. I mean, I had no idea. Paycheck to paycheck, just getting by. Maybe that's why John Henry doesn't show up because he feels like his wardrobe isn't nice enough because he can't afford to <laughs> shop at Saks or something. Linda, my outfit is shabby today. <laughs> was there more from Pete Sam Kennedy? Pete has nicer shoes than I do. Uh, yes, there was. Let me, let me hear more yeah. from Sam Kennedy. This nonsense. Like, they're they're lucky. Like, I keep saying, I'm like, boy, Red Sox ownership deserves all the criticism, and they do. But, like, they're lucky that the Crafts are just cheaping out every bit as badly. I, I don't know that I've ever heard this much bull crap from Robert Kraft, though. They're just getting by. They're paycheck to paycheck. They're not for profit. Why is the payroll down if the finances are better this year than last year? Well, finances are not better. But, again, I'm not going to talk about uh, specific financial parameters or, or, or our budget. What I will tell you is the revenues that we generate from the Boston Red Sox are reinvested into the Boston Red Sox baseball operation, our operating expenses, and Fenway Park. Um, and that has been consistent for 23 years. Um, this is not a profit-oriented <laughs> business, the baseball business. This is a uh, a responsibility, a stewardship by nice. John, Tom, and Mike to do everything they can to put a winning great product on the field, and that will continue in 2024 and beyond. But the team's worth $4.5 billion. I mean, Thank they've you, made Chris. 10x of the investment. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly not been a, you know, a not-for-profit ever. Well, you know, what something is worth is what someone will pay for it down the road, but you have an operation, right? You have operating revenues and you have operating expenses, and uh, those have to line up and uh, each and every year, and I can assure you that those revenues are going in uh, to, to, to the player expenses. Oh, of what it's worth. 
Good. Show me the books. How oh, much should could- it? How much should it cost to replace the ketchup? <laughs> like, do do they not have a rotation right now because they had to change the ketchup again, and that costs a hundred million dollars? That's, that's what it is. Show me the books then. Oh, good. You can assure me. Good. I'll, let me look at your books. Let me see. Let me check them out. Let me see. Let me see that all of that money goes right back into the baseball team. Yeah, and you're then, telling us that this is essentially just a money pit. So okay. show us. Well, but here's what I bet he means. He's not saying this, but here's what I bet he means. They're putting it back into the baseball team with Fenway Corners and everything else they do and running Nesson, and that's not accurate. And number two, I'd be curious how much the Red Sox are funding other portions of their portfolio. You know, uh, uh, parts of it. You know, Liverpool, I don't know what their operating costs are or the Pittsburgh Penguins or, I mean, look, they just had a Who massive investment. Who do you think is more profitable? In the PGA? Who? The Red, Red Sox, Sox or Liverpool? Red Sox or the Penguins? I don't know about Oh, Liverpool. Red Sox are, I would say Red Sox over Penguins for uh, sure. Yeah, I think I have so. No, I have no idea about Liverpool, but Penguins for sure. More games, more seats. Yeah, I, I would say absolutely. It's so like, Sox. what he means is that what they're what they're putting out on some level you know, maybe it's all breaking even, but like, I don't care. Fenway Corners has nothing to do with the baseball team on the field. Nothing. And neither does Liverpool or the PGA or anything else. So that is nonsense. I'm a little sick of ownership in this town. And and that's across all sports. I'm a little sick of ownership. Robert Kraft is 32nd in spending. These guys just give you the bull crap that they're spewing. If you the know. finances are better this year than last year. And they'll call well, finances are not better. They'll call you liars in the meantime, by the way, which he kind of halfway sort of apologized for earlier today. Jeremy Jacobs, it's still the Jacobs family. They're taking away your bags and upcharging you and, oh, by the way, raising season ticket prices again. And the seats are tiny. So, like, look, let's – I don't want to give Wick too much credit. Let's see if he actually spends on this team going forward. You know, the bill hasn't really kicked in yet. Jalen's extension kicks in next year. Tatum will be in two years. Let's see with Wick. He's on probation. The other owners I'm kind of sick of in this town, and that would be led by John Henry and, you know, his little chihuahua there, Sam Kennedy, and uh, Robert Kraft, who was in the crosshairs today, deservedly so, given this NFLPA team report card. Uh, So you can dial us up, 617-779-7937. You can react to the latest from Sam Kennedy earlier today on the Greg Hill Show. Uh, All your thoughts on the Patriots and how they grade in this NFLPA team report card. Plus, while the Patriots aren't spending money, on their facilities, their locker room, players' families, the roster. Could they also be trading back? Is that another kick in the balls that Robert Kraft has up his sleeve? Let's get to that with all your phone calls next. From the WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. If they believe that they are not close enough to compete for a championship, a Super Bowl now, then might this be the most likely team to say, you know what, we got to get better, we got to get a lot better, and we are going to auction off the number three overall pick. Could they take a quarterback? Yes, absolutely. If they think one of these guys is their quarterback of the future, they're not trading, and they're going to take him, and that's that. If they are not 100% sure, if they can get multiple first-round picks, then they probably should trade. Because this is an opportunity, especially when you you guys talked about the clock, like their clock is only now starting. Yeah, no rush. They've sucked three out of the last four years, haven't won a playoff game in five years. But no rush. Your clock just started. It's nonsense. For me and Rappaport, that was yesterday at the NFL's Combine. It's hour number two. Jones and Mego, no Arkan, Ryan Garvin. In for Christian today. 
We're taking your phone calls, 617-779-7937. We'll be joined by Brian Scalabrini about an hour from now at 4 o'clock. We'll talk some Celtics with him. Uh, in the meantime, we're breaking down the NFLPA's team report card. Patriots somehow did worse than a year ago. It's the second annual. They somehow did worse. I think it's because the Jaguars really did better in this survey than they did a year ago. If you remember, they were the team that had rats all over their facility last year. So a team with rats running everywhere was the only team doing worse than the Patriots last year. And they said, wow, we're the rat infested team. Let's clean that up. And they jumped past the Patriots and the Patriots did worse. Yeah. They just released a bunch of little cats with like spots all over. Them. These are the teams you're with. Mego's commanders, the, yeah. the rat infested Jaguars. These are the teams you're with. But sure, no rush. Why don't you trade back, according to Ian Rappaport? I I don't want to hear that, Mego. And I hope that's just him up there spitballing because he's like, oh, crap. Ryan said this off the air yesterday. Oh, crap. You need an opinion out of me? I don't know. I'm just going to say everything. Anything could happen, guys. Now to you, Mike Garofolo. That's that's not just a a 30-second hit where Ian Rappaport knows what he wants to say. It's like, hey, we're up here and we're long form and we have to give opinions and he's just covering all his bases. Look, I like Ian too, but that's the unfortunate role you get thrust into when you're a newsbreaker guy. Now you got to be opinion guy. Yeah, I can't just read the text that I got. I have to actually think. And so, yeah, I hope that's just what he was doing there. I hope he was covering all of his bases. I hope to God they're not trading back. It would certainly be a departure from the hand that they've been showing between Gerard Mayo, who seemingly, seemingly like largely just repeated most of the stuff that Elliot Wolf said yesterday, except for saying, well, and we don't want to be mean about Belichick because that guy did have a lot of success, by the way. But we are going to do things differently. But all the parts that point towards what they're doing with the number three pick I don't know. Like, maybe this is just the media cycle leading up to the draft and as we're going through the combine, and maybe it's just because it's combine week, but doesn't that feel like that was kind of what people were saying a week and a half ago? Like, a week and a half ago, it was like, oh, yeah, it could trade down. Maybe it makes sense to stockpile picks, blah, blah, blah. I agree with you. Everything that they've been doing indicates quarterback. Okay, I agree with you. We just said that yesterday. Elliot Wolf said it, season ticket holders thing, everything you just ticked through. But this is one of the more plugged-in insiders saying – they could trade back. And so that's relevant. I hope it's not the case. I would hate it. Uh, unless they hate all the quarterbacks, which, by the way, sounds like their previous head coach, who did terribly in this NFLPA survey, though at least on a letter grade, he did better than Robert Kraft. Yeah, he's just in a class full of smart kids. Sounds like, exactly. Sounds like uh, Bill Belichick likes one quarterback in particular in this draft. We'll get to it in a moment. But let's knock out some phone calls. 617-779-7937. Nate's in the truck. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, real quick, real quick on that uh, Ian Rappaport. If you really think about it, like what they do with Mac Jones in his first year, I mean, the, the the person behind him was was Cam Newton. So, and then that they had the free agent market there too. So, this whole thing is going to oh, it's going to be a two three year thing. If they can hit the ground running, and this is where they go with Kraft, if he's willing to spend, okay, because he's getting a new beginning, right? A nice new beginning for himself. Yep. If he's here with this hundred, almost a hundred million dollars to go and spend on free agents. He has the opportunity to make a splash and actually make some bold moves that they're sitting there proclaiming that, you know, we're at the unleashing the hounds here. Go out, go ahead and free agency, make, make a splash, use your picks right. You can actually get this thing up and running because what they have. And when uh, Mac Jones is uh, rookie okay, so year. Th- this is my exact point, and I, I feel that exact same way. And so I thought he was about to make a different point. It said on their record is a big factor in this, but I, I agree with him. It hit on free agency, which, by the way, uh, Michael Pittman is another one that looks like he's off the board. I just uh, backed out of this. 
Uh, Ryan sent it earlier, but it sounds like he's going to stay in Indy. Great. So the top four receivers sound like they're off the board. And on top of that, Justin Jefferson ain't getting traded. And who was the other one we talked about yesterday? Devontae Adams. Thank you. Devontae's the other one. And so it's like, if you were hoping to get some of these receivers, maybe Steph Diggs, maybe Brandon Ayuk. But it's looking more likely you better find a receiver at the top of round two or the back end of round one. I interest you in Marquez Valdez-Scandling, everybody. I was ready. No. I was ready to say, although I did have some overs on him in the Super Bowl. They didn't hit. Spoiler alert. Um, Listen, when he's on the Patriots and they get to the Super Bowl next year, then you can bet on him again. I was ready to say, and I had all this intel ready, info ready, not intel, ready that uh, the record is not a huge factor here. Like, the Commanders stink and the Patriots stink, but like... I don't know. The Chargers underachieved last year. What was the Chargers record? Oh, they were bad. Five wins. Pittsburgh had an okay record, and they did terribly in this thing. They won 10 games last year and were a playoff team. And, oh, yeah, at 31, the Chiefs. So it's not just about teams doing, po- oh, we had a bad record, so we're going to grade our owner poorly. I mean, the Chiefs won, <clears throat> won the Super Bowl, and they're 31. So it's not just about record. And it also indicates, like, hey, if we were doing this survey 15 years ago, do you think that the grades would be significantly different because you were winning then and because you had Brady? Because if you look at the Chiefs, their ownership didn't fare well in this either. I wonder. I mean, we've only had two of these, and the crafts have done horribly in both. So I, I wonder if they did it 10 years ago, I wonder how they'd fare. I have no idea. I don't have an answer for you. But I wonder. Uh, 617-779-7937. Uh, Rick is in Lemonster. Go ahead, Rick. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, quick point. You know, I know a lot of people – you know, in the past, I blame Bill Belichick for, you know, not wanting to spend, you know, so while teams uh, meet with free agents, you know, he's at East Tennessee State looking at some college prospect, right? But, you know, is it fair to say after this report that came out that maybe the crafts were maybe blocking Bill from wanting, from trying to spend? Because- yeah, I think that's fair. And so, look, I, if the Crafts spend in free agency, I'll give them credit. I'm, I'm going to want to see more than just a one-year shot in the arm because they did that in 2021 and over a decade still were the lowest spending team in the NFL on average. So one year is not going to suffice. But I, if I had to guess, they're going to go out, they're going to spend. In some ways, they have to spend. You know, you have rolling floors that you have to reach in the NFL from an ownership standpoint. So in some ways, they have to spend. And I think from a PR standpoint, so callers like that say, oh, well, was it Bill... Was Bill cheap? Was Kraft cheap? If they spend this year, it's an easy way to say, well, now that Bill's gone, we're spending. And look, it was Bill. And I, I believe they'll do that. But no, I think Kraft was the bigger impediment. And we keep getting texts like this, 37937, Meg. Oh, I'm sure if Bill asked for better training equipment, Kraft would have given it to him. I'm not sure. I don't think that at all. Why are you sure of that? Bill was the one. We played the clip earlier. Bill was bitching about the Taj Mahal of... of uh, of facilities in Vegas, which was a way of bitching about his facilities here. I, ju- I want to know when somebody says, I'm sure, why they're sure of that. Because people tell them over and over again the crafts are great owners. Well, and the, cra- the, I don't the, crafts think the crafts will are, tell you they're great owners. Well, they're overall bad owners. Well, they're, well this, this, really NFL bad P- owners. this NFL PA survey would tell you they're bad yeah, owners. Over Megan. the last two years, their players have been very disgruntled okay. with the facilities. Two out of two. Sure. Two out of two. There's only been two of them. In both of them, they've done horribly. So... I don't I don't know what leads you to believe they're good owners. They won a bunch of Super Bowls, but they employed Tom. I've made this analogy a million times. I don't think the Hunts are good owners. I don't think um, Jerry Reinsdorf is a good owner. He won a bunch of championships with Niners Michael Jordan. seem to be good owners. I'll they, say that. They might be. <laughs> they, they do pretty well year to year. So, you know, look, I, 
where did they finish in this? Were they top five? Did they do well on this? The Niners were not top five. Uh, it went Dolphins, Vikings, Packers, Eagles, Jaguars, if you care. the Jaguars. Yeah, maybe this is the Packer way now. The Jaguars went from rat infested to top five. So, I don't know. It probably doesn't take much to spend your way back into the top five. It wouldn't take much. Will Kraft do it? Meanwhile. Niners were sixth, by the way. Thank you. Meanwhile, who who is Bridget Condon? Who is this? She's an NFL media reporter. Okay. She was part of the Combine coverage today in Indianapolis, sitting there with opinion listening and Rappaport. And here's what she had to say about Bill Belichick and his affinity for one quarterback in this draft. I can tell you, based on conversations that I've had with people around the organization, Bill Belichick loved Jaden Daniels. Mm. He was a guy on the top of their draft board, okay? He was going to do everything in his power to try and get that guy. Does Gerard Mayo stick with that and say, okay, we're going to figure out how we get this quarterback in here? Or is he going to say, you know what? I'm now the new man in charge. I'm going to do things my way. Okay. Does that smell right to you? No, I, I know nothing about her reporting. Nothing. So, like, I don't mean to crap all over her report. But does that smell right to you? Bill Belichick loves Jaden Daniels? Bill Belichick likes a thin fella. Okay, he's had a couple of them. Is Bill Belichick all of a sudden on team feet? That does not sound like the type well, of quarterback he, was, he brings he in. He was very pro team feet when he brought in Cam. Mego, and then he up, stayed there. He scooped up Cam off the scrap heap I know. In, in but maybe f- on the 4th of July or whatever point, it was. Though, maybe he thought that he was going to do that with Jaden Daniels. Because when's the last time that they that they talked about this? Like if she has this reporting, she's talking to people who are saying Bill had them at the top of this. That was like months ago when he thought that Jaden Daniels was going to be somewhere at the bottom of the first round and he could trade back. Maybe. That's a good point. Right. Like, maybe Bill just liked Jaden Daniels as, like, the number five quarterback in the class. He's Although like, she said, ooh, we can get two three-rounders, and then we can go lower down But and she get said Jayden they had Daniels. him at the top of their draft board. Now, does that mean the literal top, like, number one, or, like, towards the top, like, top five? I have no idea, based on what I just well, heard. Well, the there. top of the draft board is always moving back, and then Jaden Daniels. Fine. But I, that, number one, that report doesn't sound right to me. Bill loves Jaden Daniels. What? When has he ever, A, loved a quarterback, and B, loved a mobile quarterback? So that does not sound right to me at all. But let's take it at face value. Why is that out there? I have a theory. Okay. Bill knows that Daniels is going to and the Patriots won't get him. And so Bill already is, you know, oh, Bill loves Jaden Daniels. The Patriots draft Drake May at number three or whatever the hell they do. I don't know what they're going to do. But Bill knows. Bill's plugged in. Bill gets people hired throughout the league, for God's sake. So, and Bill would have good insight, I think, into what Washington is doing. Fair. So, like, maybe Bill's just getting in front of it. He knows. He knows the Bears are locked in on Caleb Williams. He knows the Commanders are locked in on Jaden Daniels. And so he's saying, yeah, Patriots, good luck with Drake May. Like, maybe that's his way of getting that out there. Although, if Jaden Daniels sucks... We now have a report that it's another quarterback that Bill fell in love with and another strike against Bill. But I bet if we're taking the report at face value, and I question it, that's what Bill's doing. Here's he knows the, the Patriots won't get him, so all of a sudden he loves him. That's here's what he's the doing. other possibility, is that someone asked Bill, hey, if you look at the top three quarterbacks, who do you like? And he goes, well, Caleb Williams is going to go to the Bears, so he's out of the picture. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to Drake May and Jaden Daniels, and I hate Josh Allen. This is me talking as Bill. I don't think Josh Allen is good. Drake May, best case scenario, turns out like Josh Allen. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Jaden Daniels. <laughs> <And then it's, laughs> Bill loves Jaden Daniels. 
Third possibility uh-huh. is that Bill knows that the Patriots uh, are going to miss out on Jaden Daniels, and he knows that they can't trade up to go get him. He's like, oh, you guys have been kicking me around ever since I got, uh, we amicably parted ways. Okay, well, I'm going to make you guys look really bad and say that no, this, th- this guy is moving up and, and you can't get him when you should have been attached to him all along. This is what I think. I think Bill in some way is planting his flag on a prospect he knows the Patriots can't get. That's what I think he's doing. I kind of like it. If we believe I kinda, it. It's sneaky, devious on Bill's part if that's the case, and I kind of like it. Bill all of a sudden loves quarterbacks and loves mobile quarterbacks. He's been on team cement shoes for his whole career. Now he's team feet all of a sudden. Yeah, think of all the quarterbacks they've had here. And, you know, for, put Brady off to the side for a moment. You know, uh, Matt Castle had some Fast mobility. You know, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett, Mac Jones, Jaden Daniels. Something doesn't add up there. Uh, 617-779-7937. Zappy because he runs like lightning. That's right. That's another one. I just one. realized what it is. Oh, my God. I'm so stupid. What? Oh, my God. What? He went to Gonzaga. What? Bill Who? knows every single prep school oh, so in D- the D.C. It's area. It's a D.C. thing? It is a D.C. football thing. I swear to God. That okay. is That's definitely what it is. Okay. He's a Maryland kid. Does he ever that's draft? That's why he loves Does he them. ever draft Maryland kids while he's been here? Jones. Bill can rattle off like. Okay, but does every, he draft? Yes, them? one of uh, what's his name? Not JC Anthony Jackson. Jennings. I think it's uh. Hold on, I'll bring it up. Why don't you do some research there? Garvin's going to get us up to speed in trending, and we're right back with uh, well, one analyst who, unlike Bill Belichick, loving Jaden Daniels, hates Drake May. Wouldn't take him in the first round. Let's get to that right after trending. Arkin is so emotional. He's like Mama Bear. You're Mama Bear for this team. I like Jones and the Mama Bears. It's Jones and the Mama Bears. Jones and the Mama Bears here on WEEI. We got some like calls. Group for like Six one seven on WEEI. He is completely erratic when it comes yes. to throwing the football. I mean, it, it's a big concern. I mean, can you button those things up? Can you get a little better? Here's what my ultimate belief is: from playing in this league, coaching, um, studying this league for nearly forty years. You just don't correct that. It actually is magnified when you get to the National Football League. That is when you become more erratic. And it's on all throws. It's short, intermediate, long. Now, he'll do enough to dazzle you. And here's where I always felt the problem is, is that you say, oh, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to make him smarter. I'll make him more accurate. And that's where people get fired when you <laughs> do that. And I just I, – there's, there's, there's just too much there that would um, – I wouldn't give him a first-round grade. I wouldn't take him in the first round. And if I did, then I would be very concerned of, you know, how long I'm going to be around as a coach or a GM. As Merrill Hodge on with Colin Cowherd uh, in the last couple of days, wouldn't have a first round grade on Drake May. Ouch. Maybe he heard the accent, Megan. Maybe that's what it is. Boston Maybe you that's know what? what it is. That's a very shallow thing to judge a quarterback on. I just, man, I think a lot of people are afraid of losing their jobs. We'll play you something from uh, Brandon Bean uh, discussing trading up for Josh Allen a few years ago. Like, I, I wish the Patriots had that kind of attitude where they're not afraid, but too many people are afraid to get fired. And it doesn't mean if you hate Drake May, you shouldn't... Uh, you should just take him and be locked in on him. If you don't like him and he's there at three, you don't have to take him. But if you like him, don't be afraid of getting fired and losing your job. Because if you go five and twelve or whatever this year, and you're four and thirteen the next year, you're getting fired no matter who your quarterback is. 
Uh, Mego, you wanted to update something, though, on the Jaden Daniels discussion we were having earlier. I know people are very locked in on DMV high school prep football, so I need I stand corrected. Caleb Williams went to Gonzaga High School in Washington, D.C. Jaden Daniels is a California native. Yeah. It's hard keeping track of where all these guys come from. Sure. I look. So the Jaden Daniels love from Bill Belichick, that mystery continues. Yeah, he's from California. So Bill probably Bill probably hates him. Like I don't I don't put a lot of stock in this report. But if you want to and you choose to, I'm gonna call him Sunshine. Bill supposedly <clears throat> loves Jaden Daniels. He has him at the top of his draft board. Okay. What does that mean? Does that mean the actual top number one or towards the top? I don't oh, know. Do you think Bill's making an imaginary draft board right now? Like, do you think he's still yes. working out his own draft yes. board? Yes. Didn't what Lombardi he would say do? that? Didn't we play a clip that... from Lombardi where Lombardi's like, "Yeah, he's going to do everything just like normal." Just you know. Does he mean on draft night? Yeah, he's going to still scout play. Lombardi said this. We I understand, the clip. like crunching tape and trying to be up on the young players what coming you, through. But Bill it, will act as if he's still working. I mean, Bill will study the draft. He's already studied the draft. Is he going to assign percentage points and everything? Why, That's sad. Why that else makes would you, me, That bums me out. Why would you study the draft if you weren't going to stack sad. a draft board? You're just going to like look at everybody and not put them in order and like prior like what honestly what else is he doing? Sitting there in his underwear strange. and a helmet and going what do you he's, think Ernie Adams and it's like, just I, like I a, hope that he's in the Bahamas getting strange. That's what I want for Bill Belichick. Maybe, maybe you know Nantucket wherever. You know strapped or, a fake mustache and glasses to a broom <laughs> handle. You'd never leave me Ernie. I don't want to think about him just You ha- brought it up. Doing a mock draft, you know? Sad. I guarantee that's what he's doing. What else is he doing? And so, to me, I don't. Number one, I don't buy the report, but let's play it out. Bill loves Jaden Daniels. That doesn't sound right to me. He doesn't. He hates all quarterbacks. He especially hates mobile quarterbacks. So I don't get how he likes this one. But what's he? Why is this out there? So my guess is Bill knows the Patriots won't get him. And so the guy Bill, he knows he's not going to get attached to the guy the Patriots are drafting because that's so that's like such short term payoff though. Because then if Jaden Daniels gets hurt in week three, heaven forbid, or just sucks. We probably all Then everybody about it. will go, well, that's the guy who Bill wanted. Bill's playing the game, and there's plausible deniability. Who the hell's Bridget Condon anyway? <laughs> so it's like it's a random reporter. We'll probably all forget about it Did anyways. Did he give this to Rap Sheet first? And Rap Sheet was like, why don't you give that to Bridget? Uh, maybe. I was trying to do some, I'm like, who is, is she related to Tom Condon? Best I can tell she's not, but I don't, I don't know. know. I'm trying to dig that up. But so I don't know enough about her reporting. But I, I bet Bill is saying, well, I like this guy because we're not talking about pick 25. We're talking about pick three. And I bet most people in the league know how the draft is going to unfold for the top three. I think most people understand that. And so unless there's a trade, you know by now, the Bears are locked in on Caleb Williams. The Commanders may be locked in on Jaden Daniels. Maybe that's the intel Bill's getting. So the guy I like is Jaden Daniels. And you guys have fun with Drake May, who, oh, by the way, Merrill Hodge says, wouldn't get a first-round grade. And... Let me tell you, Merrill Hodge has knocked it out of the park on some draft prospects. He also had Jacob Eason, uh, number two on his draft board, in a year where there were some good quarterbacks. So I'm not telling you he's a thousand percent, but he's he's had some good draft analysis in the past. He says he wouldn't put a first round grade on Drake May. As somebody who wants Drake May, number one would take him over the other quarterbacks. It gives me pause to hear an analyst say, regardless of what you think of Merrill Hodge, not say, "Oh, I wouldn't take him at one." I wouldn't take him at two. I wouldn't take him at three. I would not put a first-round grade on him. That's a little scary. It's very strong is what it is. That language that you're like, he doesn't deserve to be up there. It's not like, yeah, he's clearly not an overall first, uh, uh, overall number one. And he's really more like down towards the first round. 
for how many quarterbacks are out there that you're basically saying he's in a tier that he doesn't belong in? Because that's what he's in. Like, if the combine illustrates anything to you, it's who's throwing and who's not throwing this week. Okay, so Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels are not throwing at the combine because they know they have nothing to gain from it. These other guys in the next tier, like, they're just trying to knock out each other to get in a better position and show something off. And so he's basically saying that Drake May should be down with those guys, that Drake May should be throwing at the combine and trying to, like, improve himself. Yeah. So, look, I, I don't I don't love that analysis, and I don't love hearing it. It doesn't change my outlook. Like, this is how I feel about him. This is who I would want. But I don't like hearing he shouldn't have a first-run grade from anyone. Uh, so it gives me a little pause. You can jump in. 617-779-7937. I mentioned uh, Brandon Bean at the combine. I just like this clip, Mego. For everybody who's afraid of drafting a quarterback, people are afraid. I, I saw uh, Keith and Hart were talking about this last night. Like, it's okay to like quarterbacks. Like, you don't have to be shamed into liking a quarterback. Like, oh, you think these quarterbacks are good? Wow, you think a quarterback is more important than other players on the roster? Duh. Obviously. Get that right. Everything about your organization changes. You can go from being a laughingstock and a joke and cheap to winning six Super Bowls and going to nine of them. Okay. So it changes everything if and you then, get the right quarterback. And then you don't even have to upgrade the weight room because nobody you, cares because then you're the Kansas City Chiefs and you're 31st, but it doesn't bingo. matter. Bingo. I mean, the Chiefs could win diddly squat. Uh, what did they win? Super Bowl four or five. They won an early Super Bowl under the Hunt family's ownership. But in general, they don't win anything. They didn't win playoff games for a long time until they got Patrick Mahomes. Now they still suck. They're 31st in this NFLPA survey, but they have their quarterback, so they're winning. So don't be shamed into liking a quarterback. It's fine to like a quarterback. You like a shiny object, and maybe that makes you a bit of a simpleton, like me, but whatever. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. So here's what Brandon Bean had to say about trading up for Josh Allen, and I think this is this should echo in the back of your minds when you're afraid. For the group out there that's afraid of taking a quarterback, listen to this. I mean, we got criticized a little bit for how much we gave up for Josh, and I'm like, well, if he doesn't work out, I'm not going to be here anyway, and if he does work out, nobody's going to give a shit. That's how I feel. It's like, <laughs> that's badass Elliot Wolf, badass Brandon Bean. God, he's so cool. So, look, no one's going to care if you overdraft these guys. This has been my point the whole time. If you love Caleb Williams and the Bears are really shopping the number one pick, I don't believe that. But there's been reporting out there that the Bears would listen and the Bears like Justin Fields and blah, blah, blah. If you love Caleb Williams, I don't think you can overpay. Like, I don't think it's possible to overpay. No one gives two craps what the Bills gave up for Josh Allen five, six years ago, whatever it was. No one cares. They look at it and go, they found their quarterback. And everything else people forget about. And if you whiff, you're probably out of a job. But if you have conviction about a player, go get them. And don't be afraid about the downside. Have have a belief in what you do and what you see. Go get that quarterback. And if you get them, nobody's going to care that you reached, quote-unquote, for Jaden Daniels or Drake May or that you traded up for Caleb Williams or whatever. If you have a stud quarterback, none of it matters. Nothing else matters. I agree largely, but when you bring up conviction about the quarterback and you're talking about how much you would have to give up to go get a Caleb Williams, if that's multiple first-round picks this year's uh, or next year's and you're 34 and who knows what else, like give up serious draft capital around that, then how much conviction do you have that this is a guy who's going to be able to flourish or at least survive and develop in a program where he really doesn't have that much support around it. And I say that because 
that, I don't know. Josh Allen turned John Brown into I a thousand yard receiver. So no, I, know. I know, but I'm I'm saying like that's kind of my reservation with Caleb Williams because of just all the stuff that comes out and then gets retracted and walked back and maybe the level of people talking in his ear around him about what he should do or where he should go or what kind of situation and should he own the team. Like, if you are reaching for someone like that and then I'm not saying that you can destroy a quarterback, but you put them in a situation where they don't feel like they have the support that they deserve and then they kind of crumble under that, then you just you reached with conviction, but maybe it was just because you thought it was this incredible talent and that's a situation where you do need to have the balance of someone around it. I don't think it matters. You have the quarterback. I don't think it matters. Uh, Doug Kide says they're meeting with so Caleb Williams. So you don't Williams. have any reservations about Caleb Williams? No, no. Like the people ar- around no, him? I do. Or I, the ideas about owning a team? Look, I wouldn't own him first. About crying after I wouldn't, the game? I wouldn't draft him first, so of course I have reservations. I'm saying if they love him, you can't overpay. That's all I'm saying. If you have a franchise quarterback, it's impossible to overpay. I'd give up 10 first-round picks for a franchise quarterback. But so taking you can't out overpay. they love him, you're in the situation, and you're Drake giving up. Your, yeah. I, I would think that Drake may may have, I don't know, like may be able to be a little bit tougher in that situation. Maybe it's just because we haven't seen the video of him crying in mommy's arms. Yeah, maybe. Because I, 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 I don't think I don't think video of it exists because no one cries like that. I, have a, I I don't know that in my I don't know if I was too crying in my mom's arms like that. So video video of that does not exist of Drake May because it didn't happen or Jaden Daniels or most quarterbacks and and really adults. Most adults don't act like that. Male, female quarterbacks like most people don't act like that. Uh, the Patriots are going to meet with Caleb Williams tonight, by the way, according to Doug Kye to the Boston Herald. They've already met with Drake May who Merrill Hodge says he wouldn't take in the first round. Jaden Daniels, who Bill Belichick apparently loves. J.J. McCarthy and Bo Nix. Those are the quarterbacks they've already met with. Real quick, before we get back to our big question of the day, uh, Jones, you have no idea what you're talking about. Belichick loves Lamar Jackson. Do we agree with that? Do we agree that Belichick loves Lamar Jackson? It was Robert Kraft bragging about knowing people who were connected to Lamar Jackson last year, go get Lamar Jackson. He wants I'm to be sure a Patriot. He, I'm sure Belichick thinks Lamar Jackson is an absolute beast. Yeah. Because he is. I, yeah, but not in the draft. They passed on him twice. Right. That was, if I'm not I'm mistaken, sure today, that was Isaiah Wynn and Sonny I'm Michelle. I'm sure today he thinks he is. I'm like, not even sure about that. Bill said when asked about Lamar's contract, he said something to the effect of, it's like, I'm a player that's a, you know MVP type of candidate, but it was see what his contract is. That'll answer him. Yeah. He also yeah, tells you, you Zach. Lamar. He also tells you Zach Wilson can make all the throws. So like I don't I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is Bill's actions. The owner last year said we should go after Lamar Jackson, and Bill stuck with Mac. Bill passed on Lamar Jackson twice in the draft. Isaiah Wynn and Zony Michelle. Like I have no idea if he yeah, likes Lamar. Yeah, I mean I could I could see it as a scenario where he's like that would be a make good. But look, nobody knows that Jaden Daniels is going to be Lamar Jackson. No. So and like again, it, Bill liked him. So I think it was McDaniel's that liked Lamar Jackson. I don't think it was Bill. I think McDaniel's liked him. And Bill told McDaniels to go screw. We're taking Isaiah Wynn. So that's what I think. Uh, 617-779-7937. It's an incorrect take from the text line. Uh, Our big question of the day up now at Jones and Mego. The Patriots finished 29th out of 32. In the second annual NFLPA team report card, what's the larger takeaway? Ownership is cheap or the players are babies? Mego, again, your answer was? I would lean towards ownership is cheap. Lean? Yeah, I mean that's my answer. Okay, but it's is well, it well? I think probably both both things are a little bit true. Like, can we say that? I'm I'm not sitting here saying like NFL players aren't maybe expecting a lot, and maybe you think that makes them babies. 
But I think the bigger issue and the thing that you can actually change is ownership and what they're spending. Yeah. Oh, it's not a lean for me. Uh, ownership is cheap. And they've done horribly in this survey two years in a row, 29th out of 32. And they do a terrible job taking care of players' families. They do a terrible – like, Robert Kraft can brag all he wants in Dynasty. In one of these recent episodes, he talked about how we're family here and we look out for each other. And it was when he talked about bringing in Randy Moss. He went on and on and on about family. Are you taking care of your players' families? They don't think you are. And so maybe that makes the players' babies. But I, I actually don't think, like, I understand when people look at it and they go, like, oh, they think the weight room's not good enough. Like, mm -hmm. that's bratty. Okay. Well, first of all, that directly contributes to the fitness of your team. So I don't know why you wouldn't just make that state of the art when you're looking at what other teams are doing. But the family support thing, that is a really, a second year in a row that it's a really, really bad look for the crafts. I mean, the weight room was bad last year, too. So, I mean, it's like the whole thing's been bad. But the family thing is such an important, like, you would think it would be important to the crafts to point at and go, we take care not just of you, but of your wives, yeah. your kids, your no, no, no. Like many you know, things, everything. like many things, and they don't, for some reason, they don't get the same flack. And like, I know they won six Super Bowls, but again, John Henry won four. And like, we criticize Red Sox ownership all the time. And Red Sox ownership gets plenty of criticism. We can debate whether or not they get enough. I think they deserve it. That's why we criticize them. We just ripped Sam Kennedy last hour. And he's, again, on the attack on behalf of Red Sox ownership because John Henry is petrified to talk. So we rip Red Sox ownership plenty. But the crafts say one thing and do another. We're family? No, you're not. You don't care about your players' families. You're one of four four teams. And this is based on your actions. You can say whatever you want. You don't care about your players' families. You're one of four teams in the league that does not offer a family room or daycare. One of four. That's it. That means 28 do. So, look, I, if you think players are babies, that's fine. But let's treat all players across the sport. They're all giant babies. Fine, you're right. They're entitled athletes. They're all giant, whiny babies. But on that scale... The Patriots still treat their baby players like crap compared to other organizations around the league. And there are winning teams that do it. The Chiefs, we said this a bunch, uh, along with other crap-ass organizations like Washington. <laughs> We've gone from no, offense, you are. from no offense to crap-ass I mean, in about an hour. You're like, no offense, Mago. You gave me this the full crap-ass team. You gave no, me the full they're go. terrible. They've been terrible, and that's the company that you keep. So, again, here's how they rated. And this was with uh, uh, over 1,700 players league-wide in the NFLPA report. Is that a card. lot of players? It's, it feels it, like a lot of it players. It feels like a good amount, although what percentage of the league is that? I have no idea. Uh, from August 26th to November 16th of 2023, they held this. Answers were anonymous. Players were evaluated for their current workplace. Here's the report on the Pats, 29 out of 32. That's a year after they were 24 out of 32. They've dropped. The Patriots finished the year ranked 29th in team surveys. The results point to club management that has not been keeping up with changing times. As in most categories, the players' responses highlighted outdated facilities and stale services. The number one issue for the players is the weight room. It ranks last in quality of equipment as well as its size. The Patriots are the only team in the NFL with a majority of players feeling their team's facility is worse than places they could train off-site, which again means they could go to your gym in Southie there, Mego. They could go to the Y. They can show up wherever and do just as well. Are there any specific complaints about, like, people walking around in the bathroom and the locker room naked and, like, using the, you know, the blow dryer on the wall to air so. out? In the training room, respondents feel the treatment options are not cutting edge and they lack both equipment and staffing that are offered elsewhere as standard. The players feel the facility has needed significant renovations for a while now, which explains the low grade for club owner Robert Kraft on the question about players having confidence he will invest in their facilities. 
That, to me, is the big takeaway. They don't have confidence in Robert Kraft. And, oh, by the way, free agency, I keep saying we're on the eve of free agency. It's not literally tomorrow. We're two weeks away or whatever it is. You're going to have to sell players on that. Sell players on the belief in Robert Kraft. Or you're going to have to way overpay, like way outspend, which I'm fine with. But based on how they treat their players and based on their facilities and their weight room and everything else, everything, do you believe all of a sudden they're going to do it? Maybe. I'm not holding my breath. Uh, you guys can vote 617-779-7937. Our big question of the day again. Up now at Jones and Mego. What's your larger takeaway? Ownership is cheap or the players are babies? You can vote there. Meantime, we'll get to the Celtics as well. They won last night in a blowout over a banged-up Philadelphia 76ers team. I think we learned something about the Celtics last night. Let's get to it next. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say W-E-E-I's a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now more of Jones and Mego on W-E-E-I. I think what sometimes gets lost in the shuffle is when you look at, and him and Jalen are right, 25 and 26. Or they're going to turn 26, or Jalen may have turned 27. But they're, what they've done in their first few years before hitting their prime is rare air, right? And I think that that's something, because of how far they've been, there's going to be more scrutiny. There's going to be more eyes and all the stuff that comes with that, and that's just part of it. So um, if, if he's held to a different standard, it's because he set the bar for it. You know, it's not because, you know, people are looking at him as anything more than a guy that, you know, they've watched be awesome for a long time. And, you know, um, and he's done an amazing job. And But his he'd be the first to tell you. And, you know, I don't pay attention to everything he says in the media, but I'm guessing that he would be the first to tell you that for him it's about winning in June. Celtics president Brad Stevens on earlier today with Gresham Fourier at a great event in Quincy, uh, Saving by Shaving, 11th annual, where uh, individuals like Brad Stevens, Joe Mazzula, uh, Joe Andruzzi, Matt Light, among others, got their heads shaved today uh, to raise money for Boston Children's Hospital. Uh, so that was Brad Stevens from there this morning. And I'll tell you, the answer, you just said this, Mego, and I agree. It's like there are these real talking points now on Tatum, and they jump out when you listen to Brad. It feels like everybody's kind of, I don't know if everyone's just listening to the same interviews and deciding that they like that angle or if it's something that they're actually hammering out together because the, well, Tatum's getting punished, and let's throw Jalen in there as well for how successful they were, how ahead of schedule they were early in their careers and that's why, you know, they're not seen as fairly for their accomplishments so far. Yeah, I mean, look, he's behind Tim Duncan's schedule, and he's behind Kobe Bryant's schedule, and he's behind Bird and Magic and all these guys who had won by now, so he ain't that far behind schedule. So I don't buy it. And look, I don't think Tatum should be penalized when we're talking MVP vote. I don't think he should be penalized for sacrificing. So I, I give Tatum a lot of credit for oh, that. Oh, no, he's, he might get the Lammy. So the what? The Lammy. I'm that? buying it. I'm going to buy an award. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a golden lamb, and we can give oh, right, that to right. the Celtic that is sacrificing the most okay, each but year. I have, and it's starting to get awfully loud with the MVP talk around the Celtics, so like now I'm starting to say, well, are that they actually... That increases the chances of the lamb. Okay, but like, I give you a lot more credit for just sacrificing and not constantly talking about how much you're sacrificing, and it's well, starting to Well, there's nothing get, else to talk about right now. Okay, but, but I'm saying they're talking, not us, them, they're talking about it. But I've been saying for a few years now, like, 
the beauty of the 2008 Celtics is they were all ready to sacrifice. They were all at a point in their career where they were ready to sacrifice. There were five Lammies. <laughs> yes. And so Garnett and Pierce and Ray Allen, they were all ready to sacrifice. <laughs> Tatum is now doing that. And let's see. Let's see if in the playoffs he'll do it. And let's see if when push comes to shove and the MVP vote's really on the line, if he starts to ratchet it up. But I give him a lot of credit for sacrificing to win. A lot of credit. That's what Garnett did. And everybody followed Garnett. And this is why no one else on this team can be the leader. Tatum's the leader. And this is why. If he sacrifices, everybody will follow. If he's selfish, everybody will follow. And this is why I felt all along. This is this is the guy who needs to lead. For better or worse, he needs to lead. And his leadership style is annoying to me. I'd like a more vocal, fiery leader. But they're going to follow him no matter what. And so, to me, this is the best way he can lead. Lead by example. Take a bit of a backseat. Sacrifice. Don't chase 30 points every single night. And unfortunately, people are really gassing him up now about how much he's sacrificing, which just makes me a little suspect. Everybody who talks about, oh, I'm sacrificing so much. Well, how much are you sacrificing when you're really talking about it? Like, let let everybody see it. Let everybody see it for themselves. You don't need to tell us you're sacrificing. Yeah, it's like I remember I worked at this restaurant, and there was this girl who was a hostess with me. And one time she told me, I'm a really humble person. And I was like, that's a, you got to let somebody else say that for you. Exactly. You can't just say that. That's insane. Yeah. I'm so humble. But with Tatum, this is actually, to me, the perfect setup for him. Because I think what you're dancing around is there's a certain amount of Tatum that naturally likes to defer. Like, he likes to defer a little bit. And the way that it seems to be set up with him and Jalen, in particular this year, is that Jalen will be aggressive from tip-off. We saw it last night against the Sixers. He will be physical. He'll be aggressive. Last night was perfect for him. He gets to be in the paint because they're playing all wide out on defense, and then they basically just get to attack inside and go for twos because the threes weren't falling, and that was perfect for Jalen, and and we'll get to that in a second. But for Tatum, like it's ideal for him because then he can just have 14 points at the start and go off in the fourth quarter, which I think is really his preferred game. Yeah, so look, I I do think he's deferential, for sure. And while you talk about the threes last night and the way that Jalen Brown was being defended by Philly, I think a lot of people have locked in on the Celtics only making five. I lock in on they only attempted 22. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we are going to rack up shots, good shots. And you'll hear Missoula coming up uh, before we talk to Scal at 4 o'clock. Like... He claims that they never care about three-point shots. That's garbage. He called it the most important statistic in the NBA last year. So I would be happy if there's an actual transition to emphasizing quality shots. And it's not just about launching threes and racking up uh, three-point attempts, and that will factor out over 82 games. If you take this many more three-point shots than your opponent, you're bound to have this record. You plug it into some, uh, you know, Computer. Uh, yeah, math problem or whatever. Excel formula. Formula is the word. We've I'm got a for. pivot table going. And so I'm happy last night. But let's let's say what that was. That's one night. It's a banged up Philadelphia 76ers team without Joel Embiid. So I don't, I don't want to overreact to it, but I am noticing it. And if they keep doing that, I'll give them a lot of credit because it's not just about launching threes every night, and it shouldn't be about that. Some nights it's not falling. So can you beat teams other way, uh, other ways rather? That's a start. It's also, it's also what they were giving you. and uh, Okay, but like no, the Heat take Ma- that Maxie, stuff away and they just launch against right. the Heat. And Maxi could only really do it for like three quarters. Like I, I think that's kind of what it comes down to. They were giving you the paint, so you went in and you were 
taking what they were giving you, and then Maxi kind of run out of steam, and you took advantage, and you should have beaten that team. And thank God Tatum was able to jump up to what he wants to do in the fourth quarter. I'm like you. Like, I'm not looking at it going, congratulations, you can win uh, multiple ways, if that's what you're saying. Like, well, oh, I'm congratulations, you can, can you can attack from, like, five different points. I don't... That I stuff don't, gets me excited. I don't know that, that that last night proved that. No, me either. It doesn't prove it. It but proved you could do it against that banged-up team. I just said that. But so I fi- but I file it away. I go, oh, great. You Now you've done it. Keep doing that. If you just do it one night against a banged-up Sixers team, then that's just a random outlier. But if they start doing that consistently, they start beating teams that way, that's great. Because against Miami, Miami will take away threes as well, and they'll dare you to take okay, other shots, like, and the Celtics won't do when it. When you go against OKC in April... And it, if it, they give you that, like, are you going to be able to hang with it? Are you going to be able to create other points of attack nope. that aren't just going in the paint then? My answer would be, I hope so. But my guess is, based on the past, they just keep launching threes like idiots and keep missing them. Uh, Joe is in Randolph. Go ahead, Joe. Yes, hi, everybody. Let me get you off the speaker. Please. I think I got a pretty good solution for the Patriots and all of the uh, situations there. I think they need to hire one daycare director and then 53 nannies to take care of the players and their families. So, Joe, you blame the players more than Kraft? Well, you know, you got to. It's a yes or no question, Joe. It's a yes or no question. It's not a yes or no. Yes, it is. Who do you you blame more? Who gets a bigger piece of the pie? I I guess you got to give a little bigger piece. To the to the to crap, uh, Robert crap. But you know the nice. players, they need to suck it up a little bit too. Okay, fine. Ultimate- okay, but they're probably not going to. So what do you do okay. then? Ultimately, we we probably agree. Are Patriots player- rank dead last in blame pie portions at the cafeteria. Right. Too. Are like are the players a bit babyish these days? Yeah, probably. But like you know, I hear Gresham before we were talking about this earlier. It's like, oh, what do they need for a weight room? What do they need for a flight? They have their own planes, and it's like, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Fourier is the guy who complained that he didn't get to wear the specific, like, colored cleats that he wanted to wear and Thank went you. directly to ownership. Thank you. And so, like, his best friend, Dan Snyder. That is that. rich. It might be news to some ex-players that players are babies. It's not news to me that players are babies. I got it. But even, even in the, you know, the giant daycare that is the NFL with all these players, the Patriots treat uh, the children at their daycare m- much worse. In fact, they don't even take care of them based on this survey. Uh, 617-779-7937. You continue to vote in our big question of the day up now at Jones and Mega. We'll continue our Celtics conversation with Brian Scalabrini. He makes his weekly appearance next. From the WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. You guys are 0 for 2 from 3 in the second quarter. There- Wasn't this the opponent where you asked me if we shot too many threes, like game no. four of the yeah. year? Philadelphia. Full circle, huh? What a beautiful moment. Yeah, circle. And next, I'm going to ask about Mac- Maxie's uh, <laughs> shooting. When you, when you go 0 for 2, do you, do you come to a realization that we're not going to win this game with threes? Like, is that hard to accept? Like, no, I win think this it, game with threes? That's a good question. No, I just think every game is going to present a different challenge. And so when you're looking at that sharp margin, you have to ask yourself, okay, why and how are we going to attack and defend at that level? And so um, I don't want to get into a box where, like, and we've never said we have to win doing this. That's never been stated. We always take what the defense gives us. We're one of the best teams at, at doing that. And that's kind of the, our offensive philosophy is take the best shot and find the best shot. <laughs> 
may not have said it in as many words, Joe, but he did say the three-point attempt is the most important shot in basketball. So I think it was implied. And we do a lot of talking about the Celtics and their shot selection. Uh, for more on this, we're joined on the Harbor One Hotline by Brian Scalabrini. Makes his weekly appearance here on Jones and Mego. No Arcan today. He's brought to you by Shaws and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh, and by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning, the name to know when your drains don't flow. Scal, how are we doing this week? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're doing great. I, I was somewhat encouraged, maybe even more so than Mego last night, about their shot selection. You know, they only made five threes, but they only took 22. And when a team is, you know, basically daring you and running you off the three-point line, I like that the Celtics are willing to beat teams in other ways. Can can we trust that they'll do that when it really matters in the playoffs? Like, if a team does that to them in the postseason, can we trust that they'll do that? Was that a sign of that last night? It's been a sign of that all season. They have to they go back and forth with the greatest offense in NBA history at 120.1, 120.5. So, I mean, don't we out now think with this team, with the addition of – Holiday roaming the dunker or Christoph Porzingis posting up, that they have so much more offensive balance than they did in the past. Like, can we put to bed the offensive team in the past? Why do we I, – I, I understand. I understand. You have to remember what happened two years ago in the finals and what happened last year. Exactly. Lived and died by the three. You have to think about that. But we got two incredible additions. And Derek White is playing – and by the way, I think you were the one driving home to me – Derek White, Derek White, Derek White last year. Yep. Now he's the guy. Like everyone, we have the best decision makers as a, as a, I, I call our six guys are the best decision makers of any six guys in the NBA. So I don't, I don't, I don't think that if the defense, like we play Indiana, Indiana is a hard, we're going to take away threes. We're going to give up twos. We're going to try to outscore you. And by the way, their offense is really good as well. But I have a feeling we could score 64 points in the paint and get 34 free throws if we have to. So I'm wondering with last night's game, in particular is a jumping off point, but I think we've seen it a couple of times this season. Uh, Kristaps Porzingis said something along the lines, I'm paraphrasing, that, hey, there's, you know, they were playing defense in a way that it could have been a lot of fouls called. How do you think this team has embraced the challenge of maybe some less talented? I think we might have lost him, Megan. Oh, we just lost him. Yep, he didn't like your oh, question. Oh, dang. He was like, I don't want to hear from Porzingis. Yeah, he's like, I'm out. He's like, I thought we were going, talking three-pointers. Maybe going through a tunnel? <laughs> Could be. I was talking to uh, my wife on the way home from uh, Quincy earlier today, and yeah, I, I, I went through the tunnel. I lost her, so it could be was that. Was she checking on your hair? Uh, she was. She be said, uh, She said, did your hair? No, she, I, that wasn't her question whatsoever. She was just like, are you coming home to take out the dog? And I was like, no. Uh, but what was your question? We I have, think we uh, have him back. We have Scal back on the line. I'm Sorry. back. Chris, uh, okay. Porzingis is where we left off. Yes, Sorry. okay. So Porzingis basically said, like, the way that, that the Sixers were playing defense last night, there could have been a lot of fouls called. It seems like there's this theme of teams that are missing guys or maybe just even less talented are m- trying to muck it up for the Celtics. Do you see that as any kind of uh, thing that could become a serious frustration in the playoffs, especially with less talented teams in the East that they might go against? If you just look historically, like I know I just said, let's look forward and I thought look back, but historically there's this, there is this combination. This combination is incredible shot blocker, right? and a team that gets really physical and handsy with you on the perimeter. That conversation, that that combination has hurt us in the past. Now, this year, you could use, like, the Philadelphia 76ers with Embiid, 
I thought the Denver Nuggets did that to us. I thought the Golden State Warriors did that to us. And I thought the Minnesota Timberwolves did that to us. So there has been a few teams that get really physical on the perimeter. And I call it handsy. Handsy is different than physical. Physical is like um, they use their body. Our, our teams are like swipe. The teams that, that give us trouble, our teams are swipe. They use their hands. They slap down at the ball. I think P.J. Tucker, when he played for Milwaukee as a defender, like those type of players – so that has been a problem for us, but so far we've been just okay against that type of defense. But I feel like we're better suited or if they switch and we can go inside and there's more driving lanes on the perimeter than what we were when we were playing five out. I'm talking to Brian Scalabrini. Uh, he joins us here for our weekly chat on Jones and Mego on WEEI. Let me ask you something, Scal. This has nothing to do with the Celtics. I'll just preface it. We've been talking a lot today about the Patriots and how poorly they did in the NFLPA's second annual team report card. You know, so 1,700 players were surveyed, and they talk about things like facilities, weight rooms, uh, how the players' families are treated. I'm just curious from your experience in the NBA, like how much do players take notice on a road trip or, you know, playing for various teams? How much do you take notice of things like facilities, uh locker rooms how they treat your family like i'd imagine that's something that players talk extensively about and i would imagine that's something that matters quite a bit to players at the end of the day well i I don't know your situation are you married yes okay if your wife complains about something is it like a big deal Uh, if my wife does i'm being honest i'm being honest it depends if your wife complains like this is this this is unacceptable doesn't it become a big deal to you? Oh yes, I mean, it, I mean, at some point I'm going to tune her out. But yes, in general, yes, it, it would it would yeah. be something that I have to hear about and deal with, which is yes. So, I'm sure like players don't care about the the the, um, the food in the food room. It's a minor cost, to, like to do all that stuff. I'm not sure the Patriots' philosophy on that stuff. I'm really not. I don't know, but I just know that usually. Like there are some people that are really outspoken about like the players' families and what they need, what they get, and taking care of them and all that. And they don't – every team doesn't want the player to be upset at the team, no matter what. That is relatively new since I got in the league. It started changing, and it's like at its highest point right now. So, Scout, uh, looking at some of the games that are coming up, You've got the Warriors, you got the Nuggets, and you got the Suns. And that's all in about a week, one week span. We keep talking on our show about the teams out West and who you might see in the finals and how scary the talent is out there. When you look at those three matchups, who scares you the most for the matchup for the Celtics? Easy Nuggets, Nuggets. They got the guy. Like that dude is so hard to stop. You can't double him. He can operate at the low post. He can operate at the high post. He can hit you for three. His two-man game with Murray at the end of a game is incredible. So they, they, they have the guys. So I would think, to me, the Nuggets are the scariest team out west. Now, I get it. Like, we've had our trouble with the Warriors in the past, so I get that side of it. Um, you know, they, they can do some things. They're playing better basketball. But when I look at when we go to the finals, it's like it's the Nuggets. That's the team that – and we don't – at this point, we have Porzingis, we have Al Horford, but typically you don't have a pretty good a good answer for Nikola Jokic. The whole entire NBA, over the course of a seven-game series, it doesn't seem like they have an answer for Nikola Jokic. It, 
does it blow your mind at all? Like, I, I still feel this way watching Jokic, and I now acknowledge I, I was resistant to this, but I now acknowledge he's the best player in the league. But he just he looks like a sack of mashed potatoes out there. Like, I, st- I still don't get how he's the best player in the sport. That still boggles my mind. Yeah, I think if you if you spend a lot of times in gyms, like working kids out and, and working like players out, you'll know like the, the, the best players in the world, the best players in the world can move their bodies through contact. So he can put his body on you and he can dictate where you need to go. The, the, like some of the players that really could struggle in the NBA are the players that have a really hard time of playing through contact. Jokic is the best. He likes contact initiates contact he can pin you with contact and he can make plays out of it he's never overwhelmed by that contact so so there's a lot of things that come into play with that but if he was soft like he couldn't move with with his shoulder on your chest he would not be the best player in the world he'd be far from it but the fact that he literally does not care if you were on his body and he can move you around and take you underneath and and shoot a jump hook right over you like you're not even there that is Scow? Oh, man. Is he coming back? Scow's going into the dead zones. Yeah, he might be going into the dead zone. Man, I had a really great question for him next. What was it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we got to get him back. Honestly, though. that's the best answer I've heard on Jokic. Like, I ask this all the time. I'm like, how is he How is he dominant? Okay, I'm sorry. Scow's back. Uh, Scow, I, I think that that's a great answer on Jokic because I've wondered that. I, I've not heard that answer specifically. Mego had a question for you, though. Okay, Scow, real quick. Because um, guys like Jones had very little respect for Jokic until he finally won the championship, even though he had MVPs. Uh, How much would it elevate Tatum's status league-wide for other media watchers and everything when he wins a championship? Yeah, I think you're you're in a different category. And he's been there a lot. He fell short a lot. I don't – I know it's like – it has nothing to do – this season has nothing to do with whether you win a championship. It's a regular season award. But it's just it's not how the media works. If, if Tatum wins a championship, if he dominates the finals the way that he could, then, yeah, like Tatum would be considered a very different player moving forward. And I, get, and I have experienced this. When teams do well or players do well in the finals, they come back and they're even on a completely different level. So I think the championship is serious validation – but I also think that Jason Tatum would be a different player if the Celtics go on and win a championship this year. All right, he's Brian Scalabrini. He joins us each and every Wednesday here on Jones and Mego on WEEI. Scal, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, sounds good. See you. All right, Brian Scalabrini, as all our guests, joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Where do we think he's driving right now? Because we've caught him on the tractor before. You know, yeah, like true. he's he's losing service. I mean, he Where was in the world in the car. is Brian Scalabrini? My my headphones have not worked well all week. Uh, not to go full baby NFL player, but my headphones have not worked well all week. That came through very clear that he's uh, he's clearly driving somewhere uh, beyond him dropping a couple of times. But look, the Jokic answer I think is good. All right, fine. He might not be in the best shape, but contact doesn't bother him. Okay, good. I can wrap my head around that. I'm also happy that he's giving me credit retroactively for my Derek White take. I'm he happy remembers. About that. That, he does you were remember early, that. You were early on that. 
it was a tough one to back at the time, but I think this entire show was saying, well, Derek White was so good that one week Marcus Smart was out. He ended up winning defensive player of, of the week. Yeah, not, start not the this man. entire show. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's better than Marcus Smart. That's the people just... who know basketball, I'm sorry, <laughs> Michael, you're right. The people who know basketball on the show said Derek White should be starting over Marcus Smart. Right. Just a year ago, I didn't know the league, and now I now it's we we all agree that Derek White is better than Marcus Smart. Jones, good. your podcast, by the way, Slammed, has been phenomenal. I never miss <laughs> An installment. Jones Mega, it's is really not. Good. Jones is not on my podcast. What? Yeah, when am I coming on? When do I get to make an no, appearance? No, your podcast yeah, is I, just you're, a tip you're, in. you're dying to do extra. Do I, when do I get? When do I get to make an appearance <laughs> on the podcast? Uh, that was Brian Scalabrini, as we told you. He joins us every Wednesday, sometimes four thirty, sometimes four o'clock. We're never really sure. Uh, you can check that out on the Odyssey app if you missed any of it. Uh, use the rewind feature. Check that out. We'll get back to our big question of the day. Uh, what's your takeaway from the NFLPA survey, especially with free agency around the corner? Will this Impact the Patriots. I think it will. We'll get to it right after trending with Ryan Garvin. Follow the show on Twitter at Jones and Mako. Maybe you can DM me on Twitter. Don't be creepy. Don't be creepy. Uh, this is Jones and Mako on WEEI. I would say our pitch to free agents is, you know, this is a new program and we're we're heading in the right direction. It's a new era. We have leadership with Gerard Mayo that is going to be tremendous. Like he's he's just an unbelievable leader and developer of people. And I think that. You know, as we move forward with the new offense and defense, like it's going to be, it's going to be pretty special and exciting here. Elliot Wolf, yesterday, it's the free agent pitch. Hey, our facilities suck, and we treat your families like garbage. And oh, by the way, we're dead last in spending over the last decade. But how about that, Gerard Mayo? It's culture change here. How about that? What's not to like? Like that pitch sounds we, we got clam chowder. I thought that pitch sounded bad yesterday. I thought that pitch was was totally underwhelming yesterday. Now it sounds even worse today we after this NFLPA team report card. We got a lot of Gatorade for you. Come on, guys do they? who love football know that this is a place for guys who love football. I'm not sure they do. We got a big lighthouse. Okay, that they have. But you, you're like, you they have lots of Gatorade? I'm not sure about that. Oh, come on. Every time you walk into that stadium when we go in there on Mondays, it's just like giant towers of Gatorades. Yeah, but like, it seems like a lot. And is it a lot compared to other teams? Where I'm I have like, no idea. I, I love Propel. So when I see those giant stacks of Propels, I'm like, I, yeah, this is the honor system yeah, over here. But that's also for concessions. You think that's for the players? I don't think that they wouldn't let the players have it. Okay. I'm not so sure the, the, I'm not so sure the players like anything the crafts do down there based on this nfl pa survey and so we've been talking about it all day long you continue to vote at jones and mego like what's your biggest takeaway which i am curious about most people are hammering craft rightfully so thank god i'm surprised by the amount of people especially when you start talking about the child care slash family support situation that they got an f minus on well i, I know am why really surprised at why. the amount of people who go they're millionaires yes why don't you go get your own child care like exactly everybody what, else okay and right but i i get why people say that which is why we have to say in the pampered world of millionaire it's athletes such a, it's such a bad argument okay but in the pampered world of i get why people do it yeah they but they're not accountants okay, okay? But this Mego, is what the other teams give but what i'm telling you is people don't think that much about it they just go oh i don't get child care at my job so why should well, they get I'm, it at i'm theirs? asking them to think about it no, no i'm telling you they don't the people who are voting don't think they don't they they don't think or they're you know crass suck-ups so they don't think but if you think about it for two seconds in the world of the nfl it's standard a family room is standard. Only 12 teams don't have it. Uh, daycare for your players is standard. Only seven teams don't have it. They're one of four that have neither. So, like, think about it that way. In your industry, 
pretty much every other office has this, but your job doesn't. How would you feel? That's the way to think about it. But I don't think players or people think about it that much. People just go, well, I don't have that at my job. And you know what? I, I don't have daycare. We don't have a family room. Why do these baby players need it? They're millionaires. All the other millionaires get it. And if everybody else in your line of work got something, you wouldn't have a problem with it? Of, of course you would. Of course you would. And so the crafts don't care. That that's That's who doesn't care about it. The players care. The crafts don't. And so most of you are beating up the crafts, although the numbers dropped a little bit. 79% say ownership is cheap. That's the right answer. 21% say players are babies. And I would ask that 21%, as Mego just uh, said, to use your brain a little bit and think about it. But I also wonder how relevant we think this is. Like, do you think it matters to players? Meaning perspective free. It matters to people who are already on the team, last year's team. And look, I'm sure, Mego, the locker rooms are due and the weight room is due for a big upgrade because the World Cup is coming. And so I'm sure they're going to upgrade this stuff eventually for the World Cup. Not for their own players. Be not for their employees. Be lift in there? I, probably. They'll be doing something. And so I bet they're going to upgrade the facility. They probably have to upgrade the facility. There's probably minimum standards they have to meet. And based on this survey, I bet they don't meet it. There's probably minimum standards you have to meet and get your upgrades in place just to be a site for these World Cup matches. Right? 2026? Is that when the World Cup is here? Do I have that right? And so... They're going to be one of the, I think they have like five group stage matches that'll be there. They're going to have to upgrade it. And eventually they will. But they're not doing it because they listen to their employees. They're doing it because they think they're going to make a crap ton of money off of the World Cup. That's why they're doing it, which really makes them no different than John Henry. It's just the crafts get talked about and treated so differently than John Henry. Not that I'm crying tears for him, but I feel like he at least gets a lot of blowback and criticism. We criticize him all the time. I don't hear it as much on craft. And hopefully this ratchets it up a little bit. But anyway, that's a sidebar. How much do you think it matters with prospective free agents? It matters with their employees. Bill's gone. Maybe that'll change. In a couple of years, maybe they'll upgrade their facilities because the World Cup is coming here. How much do you think it stands in the way of free agents signing here? Do you think it matters? I don't think it would stand in the way of free agents when they're offering them serious money. Like if they're coming in with a, a you know briefcase full of cash for them, then I don't think they're going to look at it and go, ew, I don't like the weight room. I'm not going to come there. I don't think that's how it'll go. I don't know. Sure, some of it depends on the player. But it matters more right now than it certainly mattered 15 years ago. If you're winning and you have Tom Brady or you have Patrick Mahomes or you even have Joe Burrow, like it probably is just more enticing to go somewhere that you know that you're probably going on a deep run in the playoffs most years. It's going to elevate your profile you're going to get your stats. Like, everything's going to look good for you. But right now, you're not in that position. You are in a rebuild. You're starting a rebuild. I know that it feels like they've been in a rebuild for three-plus years, but you're in a rebuild now. And when you're trying to sell people on what the new era of your franchise is and promising that cash spending is going to look different, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say that this makes a big difference. So I think it emphasizes the way we felt yesterday, but maybe they got to go even further than I thought. You just you have to drastically overpay for free agents, which is fine, right, Robert? You there's no limitations. You know, you you don't you've never given Bill Belichick a budget. You always have given Bill what he asked for, right? So Ugh. go go out there and just overpay. That shouldn't be a problem for you, right? Go go overspend on these free agents. Fine. Oh, good. Well, that's nice. Your team sucks. You don't have a quarterback. You were a four win team last year. You have crappy facilities and you don't take care of players' families. But players will look the other way if you overpay them. They will. So go ahead and overpay them, right? That's what we should expect. 
617-779-7937. Let me hear from uh, Bill Belichick, Ryan, not to put you on the spot, but the uh, the Raiders facilities in Vegas. This is I want to play this as just a reminder. We did it earlier in the show. But I want to play this as a reminder for everybody who thinks the facilities are about Bill. Like, oh, well, I'm sure if Bill just asked for a better weight room or training room or decided to upgrade the nutrition or give a family room to their players, I'm sure Bill would have done that, right? We get texts like that. We get calls on that. Here's what Robert Kraft had to say when he went to Vegas. I'm sorry, Bill Belichick had to say a direct shot at Robert Kraft in Vegas a few summers ago. I think that Las Vegas would be an NFL city and have facilities like this. Facilities here are incredible. Um, this is a, the Taj Mahal of a football uh, facility. So, um, but yeah, no, it's a great environment. Looking forward to you know to being in the stadium and. Um, it's the Taj Mahal of football facilities, dot, 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 compared to the dump that we play in, compared to the crap that we give to our players. And so, look, I'm sure if Robert Stadium Kraft said... looks good. I'm sure it looks good. They got a good team. I'm sure if Robert Kraft said, hey, Bill, uh, you want better facilities? You want a better weight room? Uh, let's take $5 million out of your salary, and we'll give it to the players. I'm sure Bill would have balked at that. But I don't think it's about Bill Belichick, and I think that answer underscores it. Let me give you one more that underscores it. And again, Ryan, not to put you on the spot because I didn't have this uh, planned out. Can I hear Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll from last summer discussing his time in New England. And I might cut him off because he goes on for a while. But here's what he had to say about his experience in New England. It's Weasley because he's trying to let himself off the hook and really blame the crafts. But listen to this in case you forgot about it. That situation from the start was a little challenging. We did everything first class in San Francisco. Right. I mean, top drawer, treated the players great. It was a clear philosophy that I, I was bringing. I was excited to unveil. Top the first drawer. thing we get to, we're having a, a mini camp. <laughs> and so I'm just checking out, you know, how the setup of it, how it's organized. I'm figuring into the, the menu for the players on that weekend, yep. you know. And Kraft comes to me and says, well, you know, we're not going to feed them like that. You know, we give them bologna sandwiches and chips and stuff like that. It hit me just as clear as a bell. I said, I'm in deep trouble. Okay, right there is fine. I'm in deep trouble. Bologna sandwiches and chips is not top drawer treatment. No. And so it's like they meddled with Bill Parcells. They ran off Bill Parcells. Okay, you could say rightly or wrongly, Bill was flirting with the Jets leading up to the Super Bowl. Got it. They ran him off. They were giving Pete Carroll bologna sandwiches and chips. Bill Belichick made it work for a time. Then he lost Tom Brady and fell flat on his face. I would point to the Chiefs in this survey as a great example of whether or not the Crafts were ever great owners. We think of them as great owners. Were they ever great owners or did they just have Tom Brady? Because the Chiefs ranked 31st in this thing and they had Patrick Mahomes. And I just, I would never, never, never believe for all the criticism we give John Henry and the Red Sox, they would never do this poorly with their players. They would never do this bad they just in a survey. Their clubhouse. Thank you. They would never do this poorly. And so. And the players loved it. I hope in episode 11 of the Dynasty, maybe there's an addendum. See beautiful. Thank you. Thank that's, you. That's, Thank that's, you that's Devers on their wonderful facilities over at uh, Fenway, which look, I mean, that thing's old as dirt. Uh, see beautiful. But. When it comes to the players in the clubhouse, they've at least upgraded that. Weight rooms and sleep rooms and things like that. Do the Patriots have any of that? Mm. Sleep rooms? Everybody loves it. Red Sox have that, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. They have little pods? It's where they hide from the media. It's oh, where okay. when the media's in the clubhouse, they go, oh, I got to go take a nap. It's when they go hide from the media. And so they would never do this badly. And I hope in episode 11, maybe you can, uh, when we get Jeff Benedict on next time, maybe we can ask him because he wants to come back on. 
And we're very grateful for having him on. He's the executive producer of The Dynasty. He was the author of the book, The Dynasty. Maybe when we get him back on, we can say, hey, do episode 11 on the crafts and how poorly they treat their players and their families and their facilities. Maybe maybe we can add that you as do a it, bonus episode of The Dynasty. Can we do that, You could do, do it like a reverse Cribs, like the old MTV Cribs, and then it could turn into like... Uh, pimp my weight room. room. Ooh, no, room pimp my weight room. My weight room. Remember, like pimp my ride. They'd yeah, go oh, in yeah. and they'd be like, "Now nah, you've got TVs in your trunk," and you'd be like, "Why would you want TVs in your trunk?" Yeah, that's and a great idea. One time they put it in an aquarium in someone's backseat, and you're exhibit. like, "This is horrible." We could have exhibit, exhibit come on in. and fix up their. Except exhibit just keeps room. exhibit keeps just suggesting that they put aquariums in every <laughs> single room, and he's like, "Okay, and over on this side, you've got a tank." And okay, oh, in the locker room over on this side, you got stingrays. And it's just an aquarium in every room. There's an like aquarium this. in the treadmill. How am I going to feed? The fish are going to die. Pimp my weight room. I like this. This is a good idea. Uh, so anyway, I but just. But first, you have to do M- the MTV Cribs and walk around and see how bad the facilities actually are. Yeah, right. Remember, the Patriots were ahead of the Jaguars last year. That was a rat infested locker room, like literal rat infested. That's what the players said. They are ahead of the commanders now. Like, the Jaguars zoom pat. Jaguars are like number five in this, which probably tells you how little you need to invest in one offseason just to do better well, in the well, survey. Okay, they just needed to bring in, you know, somebody to take care of that problem. Okay, they went from 32 to five. They just needed like an Orkin professional. So, look, two big cats. I don't think it takes a lot of money. I just, I don't think Robert Kraft even wants to invest that. He well, did this poorly last year and he time. did worse this year. This is prove it time for the Crafts because they did poorly last year. Last year and was, was prove it time. They completed. They completed a renovation that included putting together a big corporate rental space on one side of the stadium, a giant lighthouse, and trying to establish a new tradition of people ringing a bell before the games that you were about to lose, Yep. and a giant video board, as you said, Jones, at the beginning of the season, to show other teams' highlights on. Like, <laughs> none of that really helps out with the survey. Oh, that that a, was your line. Good line, Jones. I don't, I don't I even know, remember that. I know. It stuck with me. I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was very rude at the time, but it proved to be true. Thank you. So, like, what are you doing that does not just contribute directly to the bottom line immediately? Is it a corporate space that you're going to rent out nope. and you're going to sell it out for the next two years? Are you actually going to invest in the weight room where maybe you don't see an immediate return on investment or even a tangible one, but your team is happy and your players are happier around the stadium and saying that to other people in the league, yeah, the Patriots are state of the art. They're up to the level of the rest of the league. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath. Uh, by the way, you had the pimp my weight room idea. How about like a bar rescue? We get Taffer so, on there. I actually never watched that show. I feel like that's You've a big never guy seen, show. So I, I like John Taffer. I know. Look, guys love that show. I haven't seen, but I haven't like watched it religiously, but like you've never seen an episode. No. Never seen an what episode? Ch- what channel was it on? Is it, are they still doing new Spike? episodes? Or what do they call they, Spike I, now? Uh, did Spike turn into FX? No. I don't know. It's not Spike anymore. What the hell is it? But that's where it was. You've never seen an episode? Mm-mm. Wow. It's worth they it. They just go in and they're like, your bar's gross. Yeah, and then so, they so to me, they, get, a, less gross, they right? get a bit repetitive, which is why I haven't seen like a million of them. What's it called now? Uh, it just says the spike trademark remains in active use as a series of channels on Paramount Global's Pluto TV. Okay, so maybe maybe it, is, maybe it was Spike. I don't, I don't recall where it was, but I've, I've seen episodes, of, but they are very repetitive. It's like, oh, okay, I got it. Put it, fill up your own bar, your own beer glasses, 
Let's change the menu. Oh, a mold is a bad thing. Oh God, I didn't know that. Right. Let's. Uh, you I, know, I shouldn't have a wooden door that you would see in a living room as my freezer door. Let's up the cocktail menu. You know, let's turn everything into a sports bar. Like Sean I got Taffer it. Yelling. So wait, everything it. ends up being a sports bar. On Pretty that much show? everything ends up being the same. Yes, I mean so I would say it's, it's somewhat like repetitive. The yeah. TVs and aquariums in Pimp My Ride. Yeah, but he's entertaining. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay, Exhibit was very entertaining. Oh, uh, Taffer's Taffer's Taffer greater true. than Exhibit. Okay. Well, These I meals are not nutritious. Thank you. You're I, making people sick. <laughs> I would rather have Exhibit do this. This is just free ideas for Patriots.com if you're listening. I like it. Uh, Twitch chat is telling us it's uh, it's on Paramount. It was on Spike oh, TV, yeah. I believe. Uh, look, all I'll say when it comes to uh, the crafts and this survey, which, again, they did so poorly. You know, treatment of families, 30th, F minus. I didn't even know that was a grade. Food cafeteria. They actually did okay on food cafeteria and nutritionist dietitian. I think a year ago that was kind of one group yeah. that they broke down into two this year. Uh, they were 12th in it a year ago. They were 15th and 20th. Food cafeteria, nutritionist, dietitian. That's a B minus for both. They had to do that for Trent Brown. <laughs> look at this man. Yeah. Does he look healthy to is you? That, is that why they did so bad in their facilities? Trent Brown just kept stinking everything up, <laughs> clogging the oh, toilets. I was going to say, like, he was eating everything. <laughs> Maybe. Right, there's no food left for anybody else. <laughs> Locker room, C minus, 20th. Training room, C, 22nd. Training staff, B minus. That's 25th. That sounds okay. They were ninth a year ago, so they dropped dramatically in that category. Weight room, 32nd. They were 31st a year ago. Uh, that's an F, by the way. Strength coach, C minus. They were a B plus in 2023, uh, 28th and 31st. Team travel, they actually raised from 25th to 24th. Rose. They got a D-plus a year ago and a D this year. Bill Belichick got a B-minus from his players. That sounds good. Ownership got a D-plus, which sounds poor. The truth of the matter is it was basically the same grade. They both finished 27th in ranking. So while Bill got a better letter grade, Mego, as you pointed out, that just means the players went softer on their coaches than they did on ownership in general. If you're grading on a curve, they wound up in the same place. They yeah, were both 27th. It reads kind of like the players look at the coaches and they go, meh. At the end of the day, I do like that I guy. I like Bill. And then with the owners, they're like, F that guy. Yeah, right. He's not paying me enough, and he's not spending enough on the weight room. So, again, their letter grades were different, and maybe that means the players like Bill more or just had more interaction with Bill or went softer on him. But at the end of the day, their rank was exactly the same. So I just I keep thinking now about Jonathan Kraft talking about buying the Herald in Spygate, uh, that episode of the he Dynasty. He said it wasn't worth it. He said it wasn't worth it. I'll tell you right now. Because I wasn't there at the time. I'll tell you right now. If I, I, I would shudder to see them running the Herald. Like if they, if I this don't know it would be that different. <laughs> if this is how you run your businesses, I would shudder, shudder to see how you'd run the Herald. The other craft kid is just trying to copy everything. He's doing the handwritten newspapers. <laughs> Never mind that you were too cheap to buy it in the first place. Stop so the to, presses and they take the hamster off the wheel. You, you want to talk? I, like, did you, re did you really think it wasn't worth it, craft family? Did you really think it wasn't worth it, the Herald? Or do you just not want to pay for it like most things? 617-779-7937. Uh, um, just real quick, Mego, uh, neither here nor there. You saw the news that Richard Lewis passed away. I did. And that really is just, you know, it's uh, we've been mentioning during trending, Ryan has Stacey Wakefield. Like, this news is always just sad. The Wakefield passing oh, well, the, is I mean, extremely, the, the news about extremely devastating. Tim Wakefield passed away five months ago, and Stacey Wakefield uh, passed away earlier today, Correct. or at least the Red Sox made the announcement today. But even Richard Lewis is only, he was only 75, Okay, right? but like, they, but the, this was within five months of each oh, other, yeah. and their kids are that's in their 20s, and that's devastating. It's like, that's honestly too sad to talk about. But 
when it comes to Richard Lewis, I, I hadn't thought he was in, in good health for a long he had time. Parkinson's diagnosed so last I, April. I was going to say, I didn't even know that. I, but I, I, I didn't think he was in good health. I, uh, I think if you're unfamiliar with Richard Lewis, and actually I was about to say intern Jacob. How old are you? 22, 21, 21. So I was about to say, do you even, are you even familiar with Curb? But he, you're the one who dropped in this news in Slack. Go back and watch Richard Lewis in season one of Curb. Absolute, absolute tour de force. And I was reading through a few different, I'm like, what are my favorite sketches? And I was Googling a few lists of, of Richard Lewis, um, or not sketches, rather, episodes and, you know, scenes that he was in. I disagree with most of the lists I, I saw. All the great Richard Lewis stuff, and not that he's not funny on Curb, all the great stuff is season one, including the first episode. The pants tent where uh, Larry is screaming at Richard Lewis's girlfriend. Spectacular. Uh, I also love, and I couldn't quite remember what episode it was, but it was another early episode. It was episode four or five where uh, Richard Lewis and Larry David wind up fighting over the same bracelet or whatever for Cheryl and uh, Richard's girlfriend who Larry can't stand. And they're moving in Michael, who has a, a subsequent showing later on. He's blind. He's a piano player. The season of uh, the producers, he comes back. They're moving him into his apartment. Richard Lewis on that episode, spectacular. Like, See, just, they're so pissed, and they're just, they're moving this guy in, and he keeps bossing him around. Great. Go watch the first four episodes of Curb, and that, if you're unfamiliar with uh, Richard Lewis on Curb, that's where I would start. That's that that's all I would watch, to be honest. There's so many things on Curb that I think about in everyday life, which is kind of the point, but the one that I think about the most is whenever I go to a restaurant and I we're about to sit down at a table for two, and I think about Richard Lewis and, um, crap, what's his name? Larry, Larry David. David? Oh, yeah. sorry, yes. Larry like, David. Larry David trying to get to the restaurant earlier than the other because they both want the seat that faces out rather than seat. the one that faces the wall. Yeah, I that... think about that every time, and sometimes I take the bad seat intentionally because it makes me feel like a better person. Like, look what I'm doing. I'm sacrificing for you. I get a lammy. You're like Tatum. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was just going to say. You're like Tatum. I'm so humble. Look, I'm so nice. I gave you yeah. the good seat. Look, I think, like, I see people on the Twitch writing that it was, like, a hard 75. Like, whatever. It's just sad. No, for sure. And but look, go I, back and revisit. I understand he did other work. Most of, most of my consumption of Richard Lewis wasn't a stand-up comedy. It was it was Curb. Uh, but anyway, that's sad. And the Wakefield news on it—it's devastating. It's, it's really, it's really, really heartbreaking. Uh, you know, kids in their twenties, and they lost both their parents in a six-month span, uh, which is terrible. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. We'll continue here with all your feedback. We have triple play next. It's gonna be a triple play. It's time for the triple play. Yes, triple play. The top three burning questions of the day. And there's three. With Jones and Mago. Triples is best. Triples is best. Triple Play is brought to you by the 99 Restaurant. They now have early week supper specials. Bring the whole family and enjoy a delicious roast turkey dinner every Sunday. Hearty meatloaf every Monday and crispy spinach and artichoke chicken every Tuesday. Jones and Mego, you have got to love the nines. It's a Wednesday. That means I have cut the break lines because it is wild card, bitches, Wednesday. Number one. Number one, uh, if you missed it last night, I don't know how you could have, but the Cleveland Cavaliers were playing a very, very tight game against the Dallas Mavericks, which ended with a 59-foot buzzer beater from Max Struess. So number one on Wild Card Wednesday, Jones, what is your favorite buzzer beater in NBA history? Okay, I'm going to give you my real one first, and if it's not satisfactory, I'm going to give you a backup. Do you remember Milt Palacio? Do you remember that buzzer beater? No, what's your backup? Okay, that was in 2000 against the Nets. I just had to double-check when it actually happened. But it was like 
crazy play, inbounds, less than a second left. It's like a three-quarter court shot. Like, I didn't get to run a play. I didn't get a full head of steam like Max Struess did last night. Now, it was the crappy Celtics in the year 2000. I think it was still the Rick Pitino Celtics. Were we on to Jim O'Brien by then in 2000? I guess I don't remember. But it was it was just a uh, a thrilling buzzer beater. But if that's not good enough for you, I like the Derek White one from last year. Like, And, and maybe it's just because Scal uh, has Derek White top of mind. When Scal basically bent the knee and he said, Jones, you know more about basketball than I do. You were right about Derek White. I was wrong about Marcus Smart. You were smart. I was dumb. You're pretty. Whoa. I'm ugly. It's basically Whoa. what Scal said. If you missed it, it's on the Odyssey app. Give me the Derek White buzzer beater. Uh, the only thing I don't love about that, not that Milt Palacio won like a playoff game or anything, it was a dumb regular season game, but the only thing I don't love about the Derek White buzzer beater is that they didn't go on to win the series and go to the NBA Finals because then that really would have been just a legendary buzzer beater. Instead, it was a nice memory from last year. So the first one I thought of was Kawhi in 2019 over Ooh, the Sixers. Oh, the big one. bounce? Yeah, that, that was, a was good one. so ridiculous, and it really did just change the whole se- I mean, change their whole path, and then they end up winning it all with Kawhi's one year in Toronto. And Toronto is like, we fully sold out. We don't care. We had our championship. Maybe a lesson to learn there. Like, hey, be happy with one championship because you only have one for how long now? Um, what was your runner-up? I was trying to think of like Jordan ones. Jordan has a couple to choose from. Against the Cavs. What do they call that? The shot? Yeah, the shot. The yeah. shot. Or Craig Yellow. Like I was like one year old. Red Dodger yeah. you know? or whatever. So I, I feel like I didn't watch that live, so I can't really. It's more just like the mythology that Does you Reggie Lewis count? Reggie Lewis, uh, what was it? The eight points in 10 seconds or whatever? I should know off the top of my head. Like, was that is that a was that a buzzer beater? Like, that was a crazy flurry at the end of the game, right? But was it a buzzer beater? I don't recall. Oh, I got another good one, actually. There were definitely great clutch shots. Yep. But to find a true buzzer beater is a different thing. Props to Mego, by the way, because not only was the shot great, Kevin Harlan was on the call, and this is... Is this the dagger? It's just purity in sports. Mine is also wildly called, irrelevant. Hang on. Yes. He called that? Yeah. I did that. It was, it was playoff game, big implications. Okay. Obviously, Raptors went on to do great things. Mine is also from like a meaningless game. Uh, it was Devin Harris playing for the New Jersey Nets, a half-court buzzer beater that Andre Iguodala knocked the ball out of his hands and knocked it right back to him, and he knocked, knocked it, it in down. and sunk it for the win. And to me, when I think of buzzer beaters, that is always the first one that I think of. Uh, let me ask you real quick. 5.7 seconds. That's not a buzzer beater, right? Because I just thought no. of another one, but there was more time left That's than I thought. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's clutch, and then there's buzzer beaters. Right. Like, the Larry Johnson four-point play for the Knicks, that was one I liked a lot. I like that Knicks team. They there was a, a wild one last night in the Nevada-Colorado State game. The kid hit Ooh. a full-court shot off the glass and walked it off. You know what that's code for, Mego? That means mm-hmm. I won my money line yeah. bet because somebody, there was a boost on somebody it. Somebody was up late on a boost on college hoops last oh, night. Watch until the buzzer. It. Okay. I like it. All, All right. right. All right. Those are our buzzer beaters. Number two. Uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about the report card from the NFLPA and how poorly your New England Patriots did in it. So for Wild Card Wednesday, number two, Mego, how would your high school or college facilities rank against the Patriots' current facilities right now? Are you are we talking about when I was there yeah. or as they are now? No, when you were there. Yeah. Okay, when I was are there. Are they that for much the nicer time? now? How much, yeah. When's when the last you time you saw, you saw your high school facilities no, recently? No, no, no. I'm thinking of college. I don't care about oh, high school. High school, is... I went to a public high school. Like, say, it wasn't that nice. I see. Yes, when you were um, in college, continue. My college facilities are constantly upgraded, which is pisses me off because I feel like we didn't get that when we were there. When's so. the last time you saw those facilities at GW? Uh, Probably like two years ago. We Why? go back for alumni weekends. You do? Yeah, our team does. 
Why? Because we like each other and we're friends. <laughs> we don't hang out with them independent of that. We do, but then we it's an excuse we go watch a game. Do you go to your high school reunion? Um, yeah, like I did, like, my 10-year one. Yeah, no, I, haven't, I don't do any of those See things. your old pal Buckets over there? I like buckets, my friends. What's up? No. Oh, you don't see don't Buckets? You don't call her that. Don't call her buckets. So, okay. Is the one I... who poops in the shed, that's your high school friend or your college that's friend? That's Buckets. That's a high school friend. That's a high school friend. That's there not a college well, I can see friend. why you don't hang out with her anymore. I'll tell you something that. that really bothered me, though. We had two different weight rooms, speaking of weight rooms, and uh, one of them was for... We got to use it sometimes, but mostly we got to we had to use the crappy weight room. Uh-huh. And the really nice weight room was the basketball players' weight room. Makes sense. And when we took so pers- makes all the money. when that we took sense. prospective athletes around, we took lacrosse like high school lacrosse players who were thinking of committing. We would show them the basketball. I got to be honest, Ryan. Room. Now that I hear a player complaining about facilities, I want to change my vote. Yeah. Big question of the day. Yeah, big players babies. are babies. Now well, I want to like, change uh, my vote. Yeah, and here's our weight room. Isn't it beautiful? It's uh, really nice. We never get to use this one. Look, as much as I like to dump on the Patriots, uh, they they blow my high school's facilities uh, out of the water. I, I don't know what to tell you about North Country, but not exactly uh, nice facilities there. You probably had a better like ski mountain though. Uh, we we did. I let me tell Jay Peak. If I could put Jay Peak's facilities up against uh, the the Patriots, I would probably go with Jay Peak. Uh, but there you go. I, I would give the Patriots the advantage. The there. architect that designed my old high school uh, also built hospitals, and it, the, the vibes of that whole building were very very creepy. So I don't really love all the facilities of my old high school. Can I answer the next one first? You can. Number three. Megan Onalini, what is one NFL combine drill you know you could do better than the rest of the staff at WEI? Drug test. <laughs> I would do much better on the drug test than anybody else. Your blood type is Mountain Dew at this point. That's not illegal. How would you do better than me? I don't know what you do. You would do much better than me? Probably. I don't think. I don't. I don't think so. I'm not a drug guy. I think. I, I think... guess I wasn't thinking of you strongly. I was. Thinking You're talking of about other else. shows. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, Not that what people are doing is illegal in this state. It's just if the NFL still frowns upon that, I would do better. So you'd do better than Greg? Probably. Well, you said this very definitively. I so know. you do better than Greg? Yeah, I think so. I don't think he imbibes a lot, but I don't imbibe on that at all. You'd do better than Courtney and Wiggy? Yes. Well, that was a yes. That was a very confident yes. you do better than Gresh? Ooh. That's a, well. I've heard Gresh say he doesn't, doesn't Gresh not drink? Yeah, but Gresh could be like Fourier where he gets into it by accident. Uh, like, hmm, look at this brownie. James Kennedy, <laughs> California sober. That's what that is. Fourier blamed me once because he had like a fistful of, of THC gummies. I'm like, dude, I said take one. So again, I have to compete against the rest of this station? The rest of the yeah. station. Do you want? Do you 40. know all the? No, the I don't. 40? But like the four, I think the forty, I could. You do would well. be better at the forty than anybody else here. Than Christian Fourier wheeling around. Yeah, I think I would do better than him. <laughs> hey, he's, he's in a walking boot. I'm not. I'm not positive I would do better than you. I'm not positive I would do better than Keith. But like largely, yeah. Who else am I racing? Wiggy, what about, Wiggy, what about Shaw, Andy? Gresh. Yeah, what I think I would do Andy better. Hart? I would. I think I would beat Andy Hart in a forty Ooh. yard dash. Andy Hart. Yes. What about a twenty yard shuttle? I'm pretty good at a shuttle because I'm a nice little pivot. I, I think I that's look, the event we can change beat Brad speed in a is, years Change ago. of speed is like you would like me as a receiver because change of speed is I need very something. I might need excel. something longer form than the 40, though. The four, yeah, like, like, I might need want, something longer than that. You want like a three-mile. You want a cross-country Yeah, race. then the only person who even remotely scares me in that is you <laughs> at this station. How uh, about interviews? <laughs> I don't think I'd do great there. What are my what are Wonder my other Lick. options? How about the Wonderlick? No. Do they still give the Wonderlick? I, I think they do give the Wonderlick. You Wonder could try Lick. to take the Wonderlick. The Wonderlick's hard. Ooh, I think I would be good at broad jump, actually. 
I was going to say, I think I would do a lot better than a lot of people here at the high jump, just because I know my knees are still intact and the rest of the, the, the large O's around here would stand no chance against your boy. Okay. I got the I, wingspan, too. My real answer is I don't think I would do better than than most people in any of these, but if I had to pick one, it's something related to running. It's the only thing I can do. So that's why I picked. I did pick the 40. But, like, I, would I be shocked if I lost to people in the 40? No, not really. Have you ever watched someone wipe out in a three-cone drill? Because it's very funny. No, I did see Chris <laughs> Jones uh, wipe out and then, uh, you know, flop out in the 40 a few years ago. I did see that. Oh, uh, there you go. That's triple play. <laughs> that's triple play each and every day. Making friends every day. 617-779-7937. is a very confident and fast answer on Courtney and Wiggy, wasn't Drug it? Drug test. Yeah, that was, that was very, test. very judgy, wasn't it? Oh, incredibly judgy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm judging. Ryan, would you do better than Ryan on the drug test? Yes. Yes. Yes, I would. Yeah, I'm judging. You can judge me for drinking martinis. I, I would care. ask. I would I ask judge about, you for drinking Mountain Dew. I would ask about Arcan, but he doesn't. Does he even work here? Yeah. Like does I he mean, even like does he even would Arcan even, even still show an employee? Up or right? He try to do it remote. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you guys know who Lorena Bobbitt is. We'll get back to your phone calls coming up. Uh, Lauren, Bo- I I saw very bad news about Lauren Bobert, uh, her uh, her son. I oh. Believe. In trouble with the law. Not to bring back up Lorena Bobbitt. Uh, 617-779-7937. Let's get back to the Patriots trading back. And apparently, Bill Belichick loves a quarterback in this draft. Just into, what do you know? Just when Bill gets his ass fired, he finally decides to like a quarterback. Yeah, let's, get to, right. let's get to that next. From the WEEI Studios, 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. If they believe that they are not close enough to compete for a championship, a Super Bowl now, then might this be the most likely team to say, you know what? We got to get better. We got to get a lot better. And we are going to auction off the number three overall pick. Could they take a quarterback? Yes, absolutely. They could. If they think one of these guys is their quarterback of the future, they're not trading, and they're going to take him, and that's that. If they are not 100% sure, if they can get multiple first-round picks, then they probably should trade because this is an opportunity, especially when you, you guys talked about the clock. Like Their clock is only now starting. Ian Rappaport yesterday at the Combine. Could the Patriots trade back? I hope not. We've covered that thoroughly here on Jones and Mego. No Arkin. Final hour here on WEEI. We got you till 6. Keith and Fitzy, I believe, take over at that point. Uh, you can dial us up, 617-779-7937. You can text the show, 37937. Uh, this text here, Keith would win a 40. I think Keith would do pretty well on a 40-yard dash. Uh... This text, Wiggy would cook Jones in the 40. I mean, the more we were talking about this off the air, Mego, the more a 40-yard dash just might not be enough to accentuate my skill set. So here's my question. With I, might, this... I might need more distance to really uh, to, to yeah, beat anybody oh, in a race. 40-yard like dash. I think like him in the mile. Say it again? I think you would like going against him in the mile. Yeah. But if, Wiggy in a mile, yeah. a mile run? Yeah. Yeah, but... If you guys both just showed up in the same place tomorrow with running shoes on, who wins? How far? For a 40-yard dash. A 40 might be close. How about 100 yards? 100. Why do you think 100 yards is going to be so different? I need more, I need more, of, a, I need more of a runway. He's need, it's not like 100 yards is an endurance run. Yeah, but... If you might, guys ran be, the 200 or the 400, like, I think we're talking about something different. 800's the worst. I hated the 800. I ran the 8. 
my freshman year of high school. I read the I, I was freaking miserable. The eight hundred. Uh, uh, my high school track coach said, uh, and again, this is uh, a high-level athletics in northern Vermont. My uh, high school track coach said, I want you to run the 15 and the 8. I said, how about the 4 and the 8? I'm not running the 15. But he, I I was, I was, had to run the 8. That was the only way I would make the team. I'm doing math. 15 is basically the mile, yeah, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that, the 800, I still think. I think I'd win in a 1, 2, 4, 8, 15. <laughs> I'm not sure about 40, though. I'm not sure I would win. I'm not sure I would win in a four. I'd be day. good at the 200 shuttle. I was always good at the shuttles. <laughs> I see. I can't change directions. Uh, but anyway, I continue sending those in three seven ninety three seven. Let me hear uh, Bill Belichick. This is convenient. It's very convenient that oh, all of a sudden Bill Belichick seems to love a quarterback. The second that he got his ass fired, Bill seems to love a quarterback. So that implies that he wouldn't trade back. He loves Jaden Daniels. Who is this individual again? This is Bridget Condon. Bridget Condon. Thank you. She's I couldn't remember her first NFL name. NFL media. Yes. Okay, here's NFL what she Network. said earlier today on the NFL Network. I can tell you, based on conversations that I've had with people around the organization, Bill Belichick loved Jaden Daniels. Mm. He was a guy on the top of their draft board, okay? He was going to do everything in his power to try and get that guy. Does Gerard Mayo stick with that and say, okay, we're going to figure out how we get this quarterback in here? Or is he going to say, you know what? I'm now the new man in charge. I'm going to do things my way. Okay, first of all, Gerard Mayo's not the one who's going to be making the pick. Well, thank you. That's a great point. So what are we talking about? Okay, well, what I, I think what she's saying is they've done X amount of scouting and the coaching staff, meaning Bill Belichick. How much say do you think Gerard Mayo will have in which quarterback? If they're saying we're looking less quarterback than Robin, here. Less than Robin Glazer, yeah. so not much. Yeah, I don't think that either of them are going to have a heavy say in it. I don't think Robin Glazer's going to have any say in it. And I think Gerard Mayo, they may ask his perspective and then make their own decision. Okay. But so, so what? So then you don't, so take Mayo out of it. So I think what she's trying to say, and by the way, I don't believe this report. I just, I don't believe it. I don't believe that Bill likes a quarterback, A. I don't believe that Bill likes a mobile quarterback, B. But let's play it out. Bill finally, like, he just decided to wake up and like a quarterback one day and a mobile one to boot. Like, finally, he gets fired and he likes a new wave quarterback that Maybe fits in the modern Jayden NFL. Maybe he Daniels because he takes up less space in the weight room. <laughs> Maybe that is why. Hey, we have such a crappy weight room. This guy can't lift weights anyway. What does it matter? Saving money all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I, I think Bill's putting it out there. I have no idea. I have no idea who this reporter is. I've never heard of her until today. So I have no idea. I think Bill's putting it out there, or people around Bill are putting it out there to set the Patriots up to look bad. That's what I think. I think Bill knows they're not going to get Jaden Daniels. And so, or or who knows? Let's, let's play it out a couple of different ways. Whatever, what, the, Bill wants it out there for a reason. It's to make the Patriots look bad. As I talk it out, I said earlier in the show, maybe Bill likes him and knows the Patriots can't get him, knows they're going to get stuck with Drake May, thinks Drake May sucks, so he's really leaning in on he prefers Jaden Daniels so that he can, you know, wave his ass around and shake it in their face and celebrate. Or maybe it's this. Maybe it's this. Maybe he knows Daniels is going to be there. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I have it backwards. Maybe he knows Daniels will be there, and he's like daring the Patriots into taking him, and he actually thinks he sucks. But then that would set up Bill to look bad as well, so I, I, maybe, maybe I strike that one from the record. But Bill, Bill wants it out there for a reason is all I know. And why he's putting it out there, I, I can't put my finger on it, but my guess is he's trying to make the Patriots look bad, set them up to fail. So I believe that that is a real possibility. Maybe this is part of Bill's image rehab where people maybe look at it and go, Bill could have had Lamar twice, three times, really, passed over him twice in the draft, 
And then he passed over him when Robert Kraft is standing there with the cell phone saying, Meek Mill tells me that Lamar Jackson wants to come here and be a Patriot. And this is his way of saying, I'm really open to that style of quarterback. Uh, this is a good a theory. A dual threat quarterback, a quarterback who's run first when no, he gets no, 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 into no. the league and then develops into a passer. Look at me. I'm not just going to go with the statue in the pocket, okay? This is a good I'm theory. open to a lot of different quarterbacks. So, okay, I like I like his axe to grind against the Patriots, but this is probably closer to the bone. Your theory is better. Like, Bill is just letting owners know. He's like, I'm hip. I'm with it. Exactly. That's Dr. Evil doing the mockery. That's, yes, it is. This is probably it. Like, as much as I like to Bill, Bill hates craft, and Bill is trying to make Mayo look bad, and I think those two things are true, this is probably closer to it. Bill wants to look modern. Bill wants to look hip. Bill wants to tell other owners, Jerry Jones, um, you know, uh, the why am I blanking on the the Pagulas, like whomever, whoever he thinks is looking at him for a job. Uh, uh, Jeff Lurie, he's trying to say, hey, you know what? I, I'm, I'm still... This, exactly this, Mega. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've had so many Austin Powers references. Wait. Uh... Well, don't look at me like I'm... <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, that is that's true. You had, when was your other Austin Powers? Was that earlier today? Was that earlier in the week? Allow myself oh, to introduce myself. 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 That was yesterday. <laughs> that was so, Elliot Wolf. That's like, true. Don't look at me like I'm freaking Frank. Are those all the same movie? Did you, what, you just watch Goldmember or something I, like that? Where no. are all these coming from? Uh, Goldmember is not my favorite. I do love the first two. Nobody loves Goldmember. <laughs> I don't hate it. You don't like Goldmember? It's not the favorite of the three. What's well, the best it's one? Definitely. Let's say, ready? Okay. One, two, all, on the count of three, let's yeah. all say it. One, two, or three. Let's all say it. Ready? One, two, three, two. two. Yeah, okay, good. Two is, two is the best one. That's the oh, best of course. One. But okay. one is really great when you go back and revisit mystery, it. Yes. It's kind of canon in my house, so. Is two, it's one of the first movies that Mr. Canon. Who and I watched together. Is oh. two the one where he's walking around naked and they just keep covering up his junk? That's the when the, that's how that one they starts, that right? They do that gag in, in all yeah. the movies. That's in all of them? Yeah, it is. One yeah. of them, it starts that way, though, that's right? That's two. It's real in your face. Yes, he yeah. comes out of cryogenic freezing. No, no, no. That's one. One is when they're in the swing in sixties at the beginning. Does he get frozen? It's like that's a yeah, man, baby. All, so you guys are very adamant that gold members bad. I guess I. I I'm gotta, not saying it's bad. I'm saying if we them. have to rank them, it is the the bottom of my Austin Powers ranking. Okay, if the top three quarterbacks were Austin Powers movies, <laughs> which movies? <laughs> rank them. Which one's gold member? Drake May is two. I I hate to say this to Jaden Daniels, but Jaden Daniels is, is gold member. I think you're right. Yeah, he's three. So, I think Drake May's actually too. Caleb Williams I think is it goes the spy who shagged me. Yeah. I think Caleb Williams is the spy who shagged me, or is the first one, whatever that is. And everyone's like, International Man yeah, of Mystery. Correct. Austin and Powers, International like, Man of Mystery. Everyone's like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing. This is the next best thing. But real ones know the second one is actually the best one. Yeah, Don't typically. Look at me like I'm freaking Frankenstein. Give your father a hug. Typically. <laughs> Comedy sequels not great, but I, I would take uh, I would take the uh, second Austin Powers right. over the first. Uh, how about our good buddy John in the car? What's going on, John? Yeah, surprised you're letting Narcan have all this time off uh, this week. It's, uh, it really is amazing. I got to tell yeah, you, I, I have like, no say in it. I, I I do not agree with Odyssey's policies on this. I I would not give him so much time off. But what what can I do? I think he worked less than a school teacher. Like I think that's pretty much what it is at this point. Um, Anyway, you know, I, I love this uh, this this report card on on the Patriots organization. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really hilarious. Like everybody forgot that Bob Kraft doesn't spend any money. Like remember, he built this two billion dollar uh, lighthouse and he got a two foot bell. 
But all of a sudden, we're going to, like, spend $9 million in burn cash and free agency. But we have nothing for anybody to come to. Like, hey, you want to come play for the Patriots? Like, there's no room for uh, your family to uh, to breastfeed. And, uh, yeah, we're not going to help you out, like, in any sort of thing. you got to go down to the Fit Factory in Foxborough or to Foxborough High School's gym to work out. But, hey, we're going to try to win some games. That's what Optum says. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, what are they thinking? Yeah, so to me, I just – uh, where I keep going with it is you would never give the Red Sox a free pass on this. And I think fans are like kind of a little up in arms about it. Obviously the players are, but I just, if John Henry got a report like this, it would be, he'd be ripped limb from limb. And I just feel like people don't realize how similar the two ownership groups are right now. They feel very, very similar. That's not to let the Red Sox off the hook. I feel like we give the Red Sox plenty of criticism. We ripped the crap out of Sam Kennedy earlier today. We ripped the crap out of John Henry. We say the Red Sox would be better off sold. Like, we say all these things about the Red Sox. Do we talk that way about the Pats? Because maybe we should. Uh, 617-779-7937. I want to get back to the NFLPA player team report, uh, the player survey that ripped the Crafts, uh, ripped the Patriots organization pretty good. I want to apply it to free agency, too. And, like, even if they want to spend, who are they going to spend it on? Because there's not a lot of players out there. But we also have Megsplaining coming up. What's coming up, uh, Mega? This one goes out to my short kings. Do you want to live more of an average king lifestyle? Or maybe you're an average king and you just want to be a tall king. Well, there's a surgery out there for you. And our intern, Jacob, knows someone firsthand who's gone through it. It's the leg lengthening procedure that is taking the world by storm. So Z- so we're going to bring intern Jacob in oh, here to are. talk about it. Yeah. Oh, it's our second guest. Yeah. It's our second guest in the history of Megsplaining. Okay. Uh, Zeke talked about this a while ago. I had never yeah. heard of this until Zeke was was discussing this type of surgery. Wasn't this a literal South Park episode? I think so. I think well, it was. Well, I think it was a little different. <laughs> this is a real thing. That's a South Park storyline. Uh, okay. We can get into that coming up right after Trending with Ryan Garvin. Take Jones and Mego wherever you go. Just tell your smart speaker, hey, Alexa, play EEI, play Jones. <laughs> this is Jones and Mego. Yeah, I hate Jones, Alexa, on WEEI. I will share with you a couple of nuggets uh, that I've heard as it relates to the quarterback position here in Indy. Number one, Caleb Williams is not everyone's number one quarterback, which surprises me a little bit. It's not even something that you hear from evaluators that he is the most far and away, most talented, no questions asked, and it's just the the off-the-field stuff that we have concerns with. There are football reasons as to why Caleb Williams might not be every scout, every coach's favorite quarterback in this year's draft class. I found that interesting. Number two, the Bears, after having spoken to someone in Chicago, are not dead set on taking Caleb Williams. It's not a guarantee. It is not locked in. And this week will matter for him for all the reasons we just mentioned. Who are you as a person? We can see what you did on the field. We can see how talented you are. We can see even how you handle adversity in game situations. But how do you interact with other human beings? It's such a key part of the job. This will be a big week for Caleb Williams. Convince the Bears that you're worthy of that number one overall pick by how you interact with them in meetings. This song is fire. So this is the first Austin Powers. Caleb Williams is the first Austin Powers is what we're saying? I think it's the second. No. No, this is proof that he is Austin Powers 1, Drake May, Austin Powers 2. Spy Who Shagged Me is funnier and greater than. Rank him. Rank him. 
Rack them. No, ra- rank them there, Ryan. What he's he's the best. What's the, we all said two is the best Austin Powers. So Caleb is, Williams is yeah number two. The spy who shagged me. Yeah, right. So he you liked, said you like Caleb Williams over Drake May. Oh yeah, you actually yeah. actually Ryan told us off the year. Ryan hates Drake May. Mego's like on a, Mego's on a slippery slope to hating Drake May. Ryan doesn't think Drake May is handsome enough. Is what he said. What? Off air. What do you oh, hate? no, no. What do you hate about Drake May? He's got dead eyes. I hate his eyes. Shark, dead shark eyes, like a doll's eyes. You two are just so superficial, both of you. I like Drake May. He's no, my number don't. one. He's got Mac Jones eyes. Yeah, he's got Mac Jones he's got eyes. Mac Jones eyes. eyes. He does. Blue eyes. Mega, uh, he might be an amazing quarterback. I look into his eyes and I see, oh, you're probably as deep as a puddle. Do you think mud, Drake May would uh, shave his head for the event this morning? Uh, Maybe. No, it's a yes or no. I don't know. Would he? I don't know. If you don't know, then you can't be convicted on this guy. (laughs) So So, you you hate him because he has a southern accent, even though you're from the south. I don't hate him. Ryan, I just was Ryan not. Hates his dead I was, eyes. No, you I don't hate him yet. I was not expecting that accent. You're hanging on by a toe. In his shefty interview. You're hanging on by a pinky. Can we but hear you're, Boomhauser again? You're, you're ready to jump ship because he talks with an accent. Right, right, and in Boston. Which we're judging people by saying things oddly. I don't know. I don't know that this is fair. Okay, you know what? You go do a show in Washington D.C. They'll talk about how you talk. That's a handsome young man. I'm looking to get back on track, and I know that's, you know, right there near Boston. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I mean, look, that sounds ridiculous. I, just, I was not expecting that from him. That sounds ridiculous. Right there near Boston. You know, the longer that I look at Drake May's headshot, the more I think I should have expected that from him. <laughs> <laughs> so just to, to tie back into what Phil Perry said there on the next Pats podcast, the Bears aren't sure what they're going to do. I don't believe that. I love Phil Perry. Love his reporting. I don't believe the Bears don't know what they're going to do. Hey, Come on. He's feet on the ground out there at the combine in they Indy, know. and he's talking to people who are saying, well, we're not sure. Fine. So if they're not sold on Caleb Williams, maybe I believe that. They don't know what they're going to do. Have they? Like, they might trade fields. Question, they might draft Caleb Williams. They might draft Drake May. They, they might meet, draft Jaden. Of course they know what they're they going to do. Did they meet with Caleb Williams last night, and this is their reaction now? Maybe. I'm just telling you, I don't I don't believe they don't know. They might not be telling people they know, but they know. How about the little bit that it's not about uh, the it's stuff like the, off the field? It's the football parts okay, of well, it. Well, this, so I was going to say this. So Merrill Hodge, I didn't I didn't send this clip, but Merrill Hodge with Cowherd yesterday, beyond just talking about uh, how he wouldn't have a first-round grade on Drake May, he also said there are real concerns about Caleb Williams. So is he just crapping on everybody? No, he, he I think he, he liked Caleb Williams overall, but he was talking about his game. He was not talking about anything off the field, and he said he has a real problem in the pocket. His pocket presence is a problem. And so I'm guessing that's what Phil's talking about. And what that means is he's constantly looking for the home run play. He's constantly looking for a big play. He won't just take what's there. And, you know, I think some people would have a problem with that. And so my issues with Caleb Williams are, are not on the field. So are we going to be mad that Caleb Williams doesn't understand the check down? Uh, well, if he's constantly looking for a home run play and missing out on a check down when it's there, that is a problem because then you're taking sacks and you're not making them. I, I want a quarterback to make the plays that are there. I want to be able to make plays, like big plays, but every you can't just constantly be trying to hit a home run. That yeah, won't work either. I would just think that this this trends more towards your taste in quarterbacks, which is you don't care if they take a sack, if they can make a big play, and it's an eraser. Yeah, no, I think I think he is, but I, I'm saying I have no problem with that. My issues, were, I just said this, my issues with Caleb Williams are not on the field. 
That's not my issue with him. I can see teams having that problem. I heard they asked him what his favorite Austin Power movie is, and he said Gold, Gold Member. Member. Yeah, he's dropping like a More stone. More like he said, what's Austin Powers? So you have a problem with him on the field. You don't like his uh, his size. He's I don't like small. his size at all. Okay, so like, I don't want I, a little guy. I could see teams Short having that King. problem too. Not my problem. Like, yeah, stay tuned, Caleb Williams. We have something for you coming up in Megsplaining. But I want to read this. Uh, Holly yelled at me the other night, and... He said, uh, Caleb Williams and Drake May are not on the same tier. He got on me for preferring Drake May to Caleb Williams, which is fine. I got, that's fine. I, I, we don't, I'm not saying I'm right. I just I prefer Drake May to Caleb Williams. And it's all off the field. For, I don't like all the baggage that comes with Caleb Williams. Sobbing on mommy. How involved his parents are. Losing as many games as he did last year and then blowing off the media. You know, never mind some of the other weirdo stuff with him. So I just don't like that. And it's enough to drop him down one spot. I'm not saying he's not a first-rounder. I'm not saying I wouldn't take him. I'd still take him over Jaden Daniels. I just dropped him down one spot. But Holly yelled at me, and he said, they're not on the same tier. Charles Robinson, in December, reported that uh, he spoke to 11 different evaluators throughout the NFL. And the evaluators' concerns on Caleb Williams were all off the field. He talked to 11. Seven went Caleb Williams. Four went Drake May. So more like Caleb Williams than Drake May but there are four guys who prefer, out of the 11 he talked to, that prefer Drake May. To me, that means it's somewhat of a toss-up, and it's close. And I think it's close between those two. I don't think Jaden Daniels is on that tier. I think these two are on that tier, and that's how I feel about it. But it's interesting that Phil Perry, who, again, I respect. I like his reporting. You're just calling him a liar. No, no, no. I believe he's hearing that the Bears don't know what they're doing. I don't believe the Bears. I, the Bears might be circulating that for whatever reason. They have to know by now. And this is like, I feel like we're talking about Bill Belichick all over again. Oh, the Patriots don't know what they're going to do. Of course they know. Of course they know what they're going to do with Bill. And as we found out, they knew for a long time, going back to the Dallas game, they had ideas about what they were going to do. So don't tell me the Bears don't know what they're going to do. Of course they know what they're going to do. Combine rumors. <laughs> so I, I love it. I believe Phil's hearing that. And I believe I Phil too. is passing along what he's hearing. I don't believe the Bears. The Bears are putting that out for a reason. That's all. Uh, 617-779-7937. You can jump in line. Keith and Fitzy come your way at 6. Right now, it's time for Megsplaining. Why don't you explain this to me like I am an 8-year-old? Do you need it broken down? It's so dumb. Why don't you explain this to me like I'm 5? Well, lucky for you. I don't know how else to talk about it. Shut up, Meg. It's time for... Now I let you know! Megsplaining. Megsplaining. I just want to jump in before Meg. She just doesn't know. I would love to be a, a Patriots player here, blaming the facilities, but that the that was that was Mego's fault. If you heard her uh, asking for intern Jacob there, I said, "Where's intern Jacob?" Yeah, but over the air. Yeah, that's fine. No, but I'm just, but I'm just. Well, I, I knew my light was on. I did just said, you? Where's intern I, Jacob? I, 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 hang on now. Do we think she knew she was on the air when she said Where's that? Where's intern Jacob? Where's intern Jacob? I don't think I don't think you knew you were on the air. Yeah, um, you really thought you caught me. Can I get to my segment now, Ryan? Where is intern Jacob? <laughs> that all is, I know is, all I know is my, Ryan and I looked at each other and I'm like... my professional broadcasting voice. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Intern Jacob is here. Go ahead, Megan. Okay. So intern Jacob is in room with us. Do you want to hop on the mic real quick? Say hello, Jacob. Hello. My name is Jacob. I am an intern. Bring that mic closer to your face, please. Jacob is a fine student you, Greg Hill, no headphones College. over here? <laughs> um, so I want to start this off because... This is something that Zeke, who runs our Twitch and our social media, brought up last week. It's something I've seen in the news for at least a year. This surgery 
that is a leg lengthening surgery. And ABC News just did a feature on it, like I want to say a week ago, which is why we were talking about it. It's a surgery where they basically go in and seems to be predominantly men doing this surgery and they have their bones broken. Oh, God. The doctors break the bone. They put a rod inside of the bone. And you know what? Why don't you just hear from Dr. Kevin Debeparshad, also known as Dr. D. Yep. From Las Vegas. This is him describing he does the most of these surgeries. Money can't make you taller, right? So you went from how tall to how tall? I went from 5'9". It depends, you know, we're still without shoes, you know. Right now, I'm without shoes, I'm like... 5'11 and a half, give or take. Mm. With shoes, I'm 6'1". 6'1". Yeah. Bigger than shoes. That's right. Hugo grew nearly three inches. So how did he do it? So here's our implants. Extra? Leg lengthening surgery. If you haven't heard of it, here's the word. For 70 grand or more, a doctor can surgically make you taller. When you describe a handsome guy, you know, what do you say? Tall, dark, and handsome. Right, tall is the first thing. It's definitely harder out there for shorter men. I will say that with 100% certainty. The whole thing isn't as crazy as it sounds. In fact, doctors have been doing it for decades. Have they? Right. Just haven't seen her, Jerry. This guy right here, known casually as Dr. D, has done hundreds of them. It's like the animal kingdom, right? The bigger lion or the bigger the bears, they have this primal instinct of just being more powerful. And I think that translates to humans as well. Okay, <laughs> so I had to say, this sounds incredibly disgusting to me. I missed this. Did they just say, the Twitch show, they said 70 grand for this? It starts at 70 grand. It's more. More? It starts at 70 grand. So, Jacob, I'll get to you in a second. Just Jesus. to break down in case people don't understand, they break your legs, they put a rod inside the bone, and then they wait for the, the bone to basically fill itself in in the oh gap where the break is, where the rod is. And then... They remove the rod a year later, and all of a sudden, you have maybe like three or four inches just in one part of your leg. So you end up with either super long three or four shins, inches, you say. Yeah, super long shins or super long um, quads. So you choose one or the other, like super long thighs or super long shins. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like they break both, and yeah. then all of a sudden, you have an equal what leg. What would I rather have? A long thigh or a long shin? These are my options. I'm going with a long thigh. I think I'd also like a long thigh. But anyway, okay, intern Jacob, you said that you know someone that actually did this recently. Yeah, I do. Uh, it was my friend's dad, and I guess he was self-conscious about his height. He was 5'4", and he did That's it to add just two reason. and a half to three inches onto his body, I guess. And I think that the emotional turmoil that this surgery put his family through is just Jeez. ridiculous for that price okay what sort of what sort of uh emotional what, what was the word you used trauma emotional yeah. trauma what well, sort of i would get texts from him saying like yeah my mom has been massaging my dad's leg for the past three hours nice. he can't what? get out of bed he was paralyzed by his pain and again this surgery this is to be costs- five seven yeah yeah that's not worth it so can I say honestly, when Dude, you, you got a wife at five four? Like, what do you yeah. care? How tall's the wife? I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a five four guy. You could be wife, with a six foot woman. If I'm the wife, I'm very skeptical of this. I'm like, what? Who? Yeah, exactly. Who are you getting handsome for? Who are you getting tall for? 
I married you. Yeah, now I, you want I me married five, you seven? at five four. I right. want you at five four. You're my short king. Yeah, exactly. Like I thought short kings, like our guy Andy Hart, who when he was standing next to Phil Perry last week. Andy might need that. You know, yeah. I thought that that's when we <laughs> after, that's, after that picture I with Phil. I thought we were having a it. moment. Yeah. Are we all gonna do a GoFundMe together for Andy Hart's leg lengthening <laughs> surgery from WEEI? <laughs> no, you know what? I, now that we're talking, now that we have a real life example, I I now see what we're talking about. Now I get it. Andy needs the leg lengthening to just catch up to Phil Perry. Okay, to get within so, like five inches of Phil Perry. Yeah. I really don't think that I'm someone who's judgmental about plastic surgery. Like, I think it's just so commonplace for a lot of people. You do a little thing or a little other tweak, you know, in especially in the media industry. There's a lot of that. But I also think just people sometimes, you know, you want to do a mommy makeover, like all the power to you. You want to change your nose a little bit, you whatever. Botox injections. Okay, Botox is in plastic surgery. Yeah, Botox a, is injections. A, you're doing something to your she face, said, though. Didn't you say hair, you consider hair transplant? Maybe? Hair transplant is plastic surgery. Absolutely. No, is it? Yes. How is that not plastic surgery? I don't know. I, 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 never, you, I never really see, thought about it. It doesn't sound I'm like plastic about. surgery to me. You have like a stigma against the plastic surgery aspect of it. You just Did you just pull hair out of your head? A, no, I had an eyelash in my eye. Oh, okay. He's going to yeah. stick that on his head now. <laughs> plastic surgery. Um... The, you would probably call it cosmetic procedures is like the more yeah, uh, sure, modern guess. way of saying it than like plastic surgery. But this is freaking plastic surgery. Uh-huh. They're breaking your legs and yeah. putting a rod in and your sounds like your... The recovery time is insane. Oh, it's wow. like 10 months to a year and I what? think he's still recovering to right now. To be 5'7". Yes. Yeah, I'm out. I'm so out. How about this guy in the clip who starts at 5'9"? That is the average height of an American man. And he goes from 5'9 to, he says he's 5'11 and a half. And when he six wears one shoes, shoes, he's 6'1". So he's like, he's gotten the cosmetic surgery and he's wearing lifts. Dude, he's like, lifts. Yeah, well, so, okay. But like, okay, 6'1"? I at least, now you're 6'1". Like that might actually be a difference maker for you. You're 5'7"? <laughs> okay, but if you're 6'1 and you have like really long, thin... Um, Do you just have to wear thighs. pants all the time? Or can you wear shorts okay. with the surgery? So I, and I was telling intern Jacob this, I had this friend a couple years ago who was telling us that she was suspicious that Where somebody- intern Jacob? That she did, she was suspicious that somebody that she knew did this leg lengthening <laughs> surgery and he kept wearing pants all summer uh-huh. to the point where they were going kayaking on the well, Cape. Was he taller? And he, yeah. And okay. he was like three inches taller and he was just like, I went through a crazy late growth spurt. But then try to go kayaking and khakis, and everyone was like, something's weird here. And I just said, like, Catherine, there's no way that's a real thing. And now I'm sitting here learning it's very much a real thing. And apparently the place you go is this Dr. D in Vegas. Yeah, I think that it's a complete con job because uh, I was talking with my friend. Like, after his dad got it, he was he regretted it so much. Like, yeah, I can imagine. The aftermath is and just not good. did he even have, good. like, real complications? Or yeah, was it the like expect- blood clots and oh just God. horrible things going on. Zeke. Zeke keeps putting up this video. I think this. There, I, he showed me pictures of this, like, a while ago, like a month ago. He's like, yeah, what does he call it? Knee BLs? He called it knee BL. Not a BBL, a knee no. BL. BBL is the butt. Butt right. lift, the so Brazilian the butt lift. Okay, but like he showed me a picture of somebody who had this surgery where their legs are like toothpicks, and like not to call anybody out for having toothpick legs, like hi, yeah, me. hello. But I'm just saying, do you have to worry about breakage? Yes, probably. exactly. Right. Like, do you have to worry about like there's how can, strong is that new bone you made? It can't be. I don't it's, think. I mean, like although when you, you break, they say it comes back stronger. Henry Rowan Gardner. I think. Okay, yeah. maybe that's the case when you're like. 18 is it the case if you're doing this i mean some of these guys are like 40 
yeah, I can't imagine that's. Okay, so I'm thinking maybe we. I'm need... guessing when you're 80, they like they can't possibly have gamed this out all that far. When you're 80, you're going to be snapping these things left and right. No. Yes. No, I yes. mean they probably have to put the rod back in your leg. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, do we have any idea how old is this surgery? They have uh, no idea how people I, are going to age with this so thing. So they said they've been doing some version of it for a couple of decades in cases of like trauma yeah. and you know like couple of decades. For, okay, for so cases 40. of need. So in 30 or 40 years, what's it going to look like? They when don't you're know. 70? They don't know. What is it going to look my like? My legs are going to be snapping left and right. I, I, if I was with somebody, this would be a deal breaker. I'd be like, look, I loved you at 5'7". So, so I don't need you at 5'10". It's so shallow of you. What? No, this would be a deal breaker that they're trying to extend their you should, legs. You should love them no matter what. You, first, of all, first of all, the accent, that was your first deal breaker. <laughs> now, now this. So shallow, Mega. Anyway, if you've ever had leg lengthening surgery, not just today, <laughs> you can call in anytime. No Sorry way. if this sounds like a very judgmental place. It's yeah, no, just... it sounds very welcoming for you to call in. This, this is the place to call in. 617-779-7937. David in the car is calling in? <laughs> David, do you got some long legs on you? I've never met David in the car in person. Andy Hart uh, calls in. and uh, is just. I know. I, now I... we need to protect Andy from this. Well, because he's going to find out about this. He might want to do it because of that image that we saw of him next to the giant man, Phil Perry. <laughs> Biggest busts. I mean, look, if we want to talk about a, emotional turmoil, I imagine that picture side by side with Phil Perry would create more emotional turmoil than anything Jacob's friend's father has gone any, through. Anytime that, he, anytime that his legs are like cramping up, his wife just so shows him that picture. Yeah, right. This is why we do this. This is why we do this. <laughs> Anyway, uh, intern Jacob, thank you for making your debut. Yeah, thank you guys for you having provided, me on. Really love the show. Thank you. Provided great insight. <laughs> wow. For a, what a way to make a debut. What, what a tremendous way. Uh, all right, Jacob. Uh, good stuff. That is Megsplaining each and every day at this time here on Jones and Mego with Jacob on WEEI. <laughs> That's a nice ring to it. Yeah, it does. Uh, we'll get back to your phone calls, and we have Bet Roulette some picture tonight next. This is Jones and Mego on WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Sam, is the philosophy not just for the Red Sox, but in Major League Baseball changing financially? Listen, the the way the, the, the industry of baseball works, we're, we're roughly a $12 billion industry. I don't have the exact numbers, but roughly 50% of the, the revenues go to player costs and, and, and the other 50% go to the expenses to cover the industry. This is a, 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 about a break-even industry, um, and that's really the focus. The revenues that get generated from our loyal fans, from people that watch on TV, people that spend their hard-earned money at Fenway Park on, on beer and, and hot dogs, and, and that goes into Player pay, it goes two places, player payroll, and it goes into the renovations and preservation of Fenway Park. Around Major League Baseball, I can't speak for the other groups, uh, but teams have an obligation to invest the revenues they generate into player payroll. That's what the Red Sox do. That's been our focus. That's not going to change. Um, and, and that's really important that we honor that commitment. Bunch of nonsense from Sam Kennedy this morning. On the Greg Hill Show, Red Sox aren't for profit, and it's a break-even industry, is what he said about baseball earlier today. If you missed any of that, Odyssey app, use the rewind feature. You can hear that interview with Greg Hill. I think their uh, front office report is right around the corner with uh, members of the Red Sox front office, so stay tuned for that. I want to go to some of these phone calls here quick. 
before we get into bet roulette. Dan's in the car. Go ahead, Dan. Hey, guys. How are you? Hi. So I used to be a sales rep for uh, a product that was involved with leg lengthening locally. And um, we primarily did it for kids that would have, you know, bone loss or maybe uh, cancer or trauma or some type of leg length. Um, yeah, so Dan, I think uh, so that, that to me makes sense. But if you're just five foot four and you're like, I want to be three inches taller, how do you feel about, about that? Somebody who's doing it more cosmetically than somebody who has a, a, a need for it. Yeah, no, I was aware of what was going on on the West Coast at the time, and this was now a few years back. Um, in San Francisco, there was a, a particular group of uh, ethnic group that is short, uh, relatively short speaking. So okay. the business, the businessmen were going and having both their their femurs and their tibias lengthened. Okay, so I just you know I, uh, so bad. Oh I'm not God. a big fan of the, uh, getting a surgery like this cosmetically. If somebody needs it for medical needs, I a thousand percent. Well, understand. and that's what this report from ABC News said that a lot of this originated from a need. Right, right. So somebody who either has a traumatic incident with their leg or something like that, sure. and it's a medical need. We're talking about cosmetic surgery. We're talking about the short kings right. who want to graduate to a different level of king. So I think, Chris from Rhode Island, you want to say something similar, Chris? There is a, a an actual medical need for it? Uh, yes, that was what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's crazy. Anyone would do it just for looks. Um, but, yes, I know a coworker. Basically, his leg stopped growing when he was young, so he had to get it done because it was... Okay. So, like improportional. so again, I don't, I, this is not uh, what we were talking about. We were talking about cosmetic surgery and people saying, you know what? I'd like to be three inches taller. Yeah. And there's no medical. Yeah, I think ne- I should have been more specific. There's no medical need and that. no requirement. I think you were fine. I mean, I think it was self-evident. The guy but- featured in the news clip there. He's like, how tall were you before? He goes, well, I was five, nine. And the guy interviewing him goes, that's an average height. And he goes, but I am not an average man. Right. I swear to God, he said that. Certainly not. <laughs> I'm certainly not an average man. Therefore, I would never be average not anymore height. by the way we finally found out what arcan does around here he brings in the dice for the final segment because every is. every time we've gone to uh bet roulette the last couple of days i've been I, we come out of break and i'm like oh crap i need to go get these dice so let's roll in bet i roulette. know what we do about that in turn jacob all right i'm gonna give you a choice you can either have the money and the hammer or you can walk out of here you can't have both you don't f- around in this place you got it boom, boom. that's it gambling that Roulette brought to you by Cars for Kids. Easy way to donate your car. You can donate today. Your car will be picked up tomorrow. Go to carsforkids.com or 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS. Cars with a K and the number four. I think I'm the only one who hit last night, you right? You did. It was not a certainty. You had the over 25 and a half points for Jason Tatum, and he finally woke up in this second half. Mego had the over, I think it was 29 and a half points for Steph Curry against the Wizards, who had a historically bad shooting night, 0 for 7, the first time since 2012 that Steph Curry had gone and scoreless. I'm cold this week. And I got hooked on the SGA over 31 and a half points. He had an excellent night. What did you I call think. it yesterday? You called it like an automatic lock or I, something? I said it was a no sweat. No sweat. There no sweat, yeah. All right, well, Roll, use that. Use your bonus bet here tonight is what uh, people <gasps> Oh, my God. Do. Yes? There's I, there's new Love is Blind episodes coming out tonight. Okay. Could you, could you I didn't roll? know yeah, that. Can you, can you roll okay. your dice? Yeah. Roll the dice. Oh, where, I don't have it. You have <laughs> it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm holding it. Duh, okay. Jones. There you go. Roll, roll away. That's it's a two. It's a two. 
It's a two. We're going to keep it simple and look at spreads in the NBA tonight. Mego, the Indiana Pacers are a minus seven favorite at home, hosting the New Orleans Pelicans. You like the Pacers by seven or do the Pelicans cover? You know what? I keep taking the favorite and I'm going to do that here because I think that the Pacers are a lot better than the Pelicans and they're at home. I think the Pacers are a little underrated and not just because of how far they got in the IST. I, I like your bet. I would tell you, I, a lot of New Orleans players are questionable. I like to bet the Pelicans from time to time, Ryan. I, I don't like know Brandon why. Brandon Ingram. I've li- I've liked to, to keep yourself honest. I like to bet uh, Brandon Ingram. I like to bet McCollum. I think all those guys are questionable. Zion, too. Mm-hmm. Who, by the way, did you see Stephen A. the other day say that Zion Williams, Zion is hiding food from the Pelicans? Like, they're telling him don't eat so much, and he's hiding food. What is he, a squirrel? Let me frisk you. You've been eating again, he is, haven't you? He is hiding food from Let me them. smell your doing. fingers. It's like the, cheese doodles. It's like the Red Sox ordering... Uh, Popeyes over at Fenway Park. Uh, but anyway, I'm not sure who's playing, so I like Mego's bet there. I rolled a one, Ryan. You rolled a one. That's going to be the Dallas Mavericks who got uh, the other hand, the other side of that Max Struess buzzer beater. They are in Toronto taking on the Raptors. The Mavericks are a three-and-a-half point favorite, oh, Jones. I'll take I'll take Dallas all day. Three-and-a-half against yes. Toronto? Toronto blows. And I'm assuming Luca's playing, so give me Dallas. Favored by three-and-a-half. North of the border, uh, I will get on that pick. So a couple of favorites thus far. Uh, Ryan is rolling back there. Now, Ryan's very critical of Arkan. number up. <laughs> right, he's very critical of Arkan and his rolling. But you rolled a three, Ryan, is what you rolled? I rolled a th- Oh, crap, I rolled a three. Uh, that would be the Minnesota Timberwolves hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. They are a 12-and-a-half point favorite. And I think someone on this show had a big favorite against. Uh, I did, yeah. I, I, I well, it was it wasn't a big line, but I bet Brooklyn and eleven and a half. No, 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 it was like two and a half. Oh, against three. Memphis, you're and right. They, and they smoked. They them. smoked them. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna take the Timberwolves at yeah. twelve and a half. It's a big number, but I just think that the Memphis Grizzlies right now are pure, unadulterated dog water, and they are going to get smoked in that game. So if you parlay all three of those puppies together, the Timberwolves minus twelve and a half, Pacers minus seven. And the Mavericks on the road minus three and a half. Jones and Mego, they get you plus six oh one on a Ooh, I like that. leg parlay. Get on it. Uh, so all favorites here tonight in Bet Roulette. Uh, Keith and Fitzy come your way at six. You can dial them up 617-779-7937. We'll talk to you tomorrow at two here on WEI. That's you the pumpkin market. I don't know me. this song. And the card inside would say thank you for <laughs> being a friend. The beauty of the 2008 Celtics is they were all ready to sacrifice. They were all at a point in their career where they were ready to sacrifice. There were five Lammies. <laughs> yes. And so Garnett and Pierce and Ray Allen, they were all ready to sacrifice. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.